Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How many people here like to be in control of their own destiny? Raise your hand. Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook. By 2001, Cook had played for four years of organized ball. But still, he entered his senior year rated among the top high school players in the country, along with Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James. We've broken the barrier. The high school kids are in. He's got a perfect body. he got a great wingspan. He's like a savage. Beautiful. That was amazing. He's going to have his life set. I can guarantee it. Now you're playing basketball, everybody is best friend. I would like to thank MTV for coming to my crib. Don't rely on basketball for your happiness, because it's not going to happen. When you want to play me? I'm going to play you in various ways. <laughs> His dreams of making it to the NBA has yet to materialize. He just never went back to school. Cut, cut, cut. I said, you're ruining your life. But his mindset wasn't about getting better. He just got caught up. I'm in a club last night, 4.30 in the morning, and Lenny strolls right on by. Either you can be a man with some responsibility, or you can act like a child and think you're going to get away with it. That's a fire, man! Do anything this guy can do. If he could do everything, you'd probably be in the NBA right now. Nigga made an attempt to come see me. Oh man, let me cook right here, man. And uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Hard Hits. I'm your host, Derek Felix, and over the next. Two hours, special, live, late night, Sunday night, overdrive edition of Harder Hits. Right, folks, two hours of insanity. Two hours to play around. Two hours to make stuff happen and see what goes down. That's right, we're back. We're live and in color. Hope the hell is everybody doing out there. Hope you're enjoying the uh, last day. Moving up to the final day of August coming up here on the East Coast here. Staten Island, New York City, Shaolin representing NYC in full effect, y'all, like Rex in effect, Rob Shaker. And I'm not like The Undertaker, and I'm not a faker like Kanye West or Kim K. I am Derek Felix, and I am the host of Hard Hits uh, on the uh, Chris Wassell network of the program. And uh, over the next couple hours, we'll be talking about some different issues going on in the world of sports, uh, and whatever else, you know, is on our minds. Yeah, we should have a different mix of uh, people who get involved in the show, usually. Got some cast of characters who should be joined out pretty soon. Uh, I'll start it off, of course. Uh, as August is wrapping up, folks, and it's still, still hot. It's still a scorcher outside. I mean, I was just outside 
about half an hour ago here on the East Coast, and it's hot. It's hot. It's humid. It's 85, and humidity is way up there, and uh <laughs> doesn't seem to be slowing down as, you know, we start to hit until, like, the first week of September. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, we got football coming around the corner. That's right, NFL is going to be coming around in about two weeks, starting up. Um, and we've got, you know, baseball races, chases heating up. So that's Yankees all open play for the playoffs. Chicago Cubs, folks, uh, they're legit. Jake Carrietta, the seventh pitcher to throw a no-hitter tonight. Uh, congratulations to him. He's just been unbelievable. I mean, he was unhittable all August. He, I think he improved to – he was perfect in August. Um, I believe it was – was it 5-0 and or 6-0? and And he had – and before going at the during this game, I think his area was sub .50 for the whole month of August. And what does he do with his team on a losing streak? I've lost two straight to the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. Throws a no-hitter. Throws the first no-hitter of his career. Um, and uh, what a season for him. Um, he, he definitely has uh, been very impressive. And he's just gotten stronger as the season's gone on. That's his 17th win of the season. And I'll tell you what, I mean, this guy has become a legit base in baseball, one of the better pitchers in baseball, folks. You have to give it up to him. Uh, this is a guy that the Orioles had no use for. Uh, they gave him away to the Cubs, and guess what? At the age of 27, he figured it out. Uh, how good was Arrieta today, or how dominant should I say? About no hits, one walk, and 12 strikeouts. And I think that included striking out the side in the ninth inning. Uh, just, just very, very impressive. Um, strikes out, chase out, we swinging to get it done. Um, and what do you say? The Cubs, Cubs are one of the best teams in baseball. They are in that NL Central, which is by far the best division in the uh, in baseball right now. And you're going to have three teams, three teams all uh, going to be in the playoffs, uh, barring anything unforeseen. Um, the Cardinals, who have the best record in baseball, they took two out of three from the Giants. Uh, they won seven winners of 75. They got like 85 or 86 wins right now. You have the Pirates who actually lost the game to the Rockies and were just woeful, but <laughs> but they did find a way to beat the Pirates in Pittsburgh. You know, I think the Pirates would have a better setup as a course field. <laughs> but um, who are who are also in the mix, the number one spot for that wild card. And then you have the Cubs, who are uh, look like they're going back to the playoffs. Uh, they also will be that second wild card. Uh, right now, as it stands, Nine and a half games separate the Cardinals' first place, the third place Chicago Cubs. 84 wins for the Cardinals, 79 and 50, 29 over 5 for the Pirates, and the Cubs. Back to 19 over, folks, 74 and 55. And they're a full five behind the Pirates. And they got a nice cushion over the Giants for that final wild card. The Giants will fall to a uh, Actually, no, they staked three and a half because the Dodgers were no hit and they lost. And the Giants' only chance of making the playoffs and defending their title would be to come back and win that division, uh, realistically. Um, and you've got, of course, uh, the Mets out in front of the Nationals, the underachieving Nationals, by five and a half. Mets uh, 
finally figuring out a way to beat the Red Sox, hanging on for a 5-4 win after losing two games. Rare. Losing two games in a row at City Field. And, uh, but the Nationals, unable to gain ground, even though they came back and uh, beat the Marlins. Uh, the Nationals lost one game to the Marlins, and so they won two out of they won two out of three, but only able to pick up one game. And they're five and a half out uh, as we hit August 31. And uh, the Mexican Nationals have six teams left, and the Nationals basically need to uh, they need to do something quick. Uh, they're going to have to probably win full six or maybe win five out of the six to have any kind of chance realistically. And that's your uh, baseball story right now. Um, Arietta, 17 wins now on the season, and uh, Torres looking good for the Cubs. But, you know, the disappointing thing to me, disappointing aspect, um, is that you have the Pirates and Cubs, two of the best teams in the NL, one of these teams, their season's going to come to an end just by playing one game because it's going to be a one-game playoff. That's what I'll call it. I'm not going to call it a wild card. It's a one-game playoff between the Pirates and Cubs. And probably the Pirates will be the hosts. And one of these teams, they're going to get sent packing, which is kind of disappointing. But, hey, I mean, there's more of an emphasis on winning the division. That's true. There is a premium on that day. I just they both have bad luck. They just happen to be in the same those are the Cardinals who just never lose. They never lose. It doesn't matter what they do. I mean, now they got this dude hot shot, Steven Piscotti. He's he's just hitting unbelievably. And uh that's when he got hurt the other day. But they'll probably they'll figure out a way. They'll still find a way. They're the Cardinals. Without Adam Wainwright, um without Matt Adams, they'll find a way. That that's who they are. Now the real question is how will they do in the playoffs? How will they perform in the series? That's the real question, five-game series and seven-game series potentially. So these are all good questions. Uh, DL story, um, before I do get to my first guest, uh, Yankees um, able to keep pace with the Blue Jays. So just, they just are destroying the ball. I mean, from Edward Arcanacion putting up just a record-breaking kind of day with the three-hole buds and the Patrick and the nine RBIs on Saturday, he follows it up with another home run, and he's got a 17-game hit streak. So, Mr. MVP, Josh Donaldson, who's going to win the MVP, is going to be the runaway winner in the AL. His 36th home run, and I think he's got 106 RP highs now. I mean, I mean, and Jose Batista, who's been on fire. and Their, their offense is scary. I mean, how, how do you stop them? You know, that's, that's a good question. You know, when the Yankees have played them, in those last six games, you know, they got swept at the stadium and then they took two out of three in Toronto. Their pitchers kept their offense down. So, so not many not many teams have been able to do that. The Tigers are in the tank anyway, and they just got demolished in those three games. What was the combined score in those games? It, it was, what was it? what was it? Like thirty to like five maybe? I mean you know, I, I can't keep track. I really can't. The Yankees, uh, they found a team they could beat up on. They beat up on the Braves this weekend. The Braves, they're terrible. They are terrible. Uh, the Yankees scored 20 runs today. Uh, they have not gotten much out of A-Rod. They have not gotten much out of Sierra. But Dede Gregorius continues to hit. And uh, Chase Headley had a big day, five RBIs, a home run, his 10th home run. So a lot of good things happening for them. You know, if they don't win the division, they're going to be in that wild card and uh, – probably going to be facing the Texas Rangers, who who right now have won four straight games. They're three behind the Astros, who I think are a very flawed team, despite the fact that they're in first place in that AOS. You know, they're, just not, they're not that – I mean, they're a free-swinging team, 
And that's what I mean by flood. And I think that's part of the problem with baseball, to be honest. I just think that there's two, their hitting is very flawed these days. Uh, that's why you're seeing so many dull hitters. It, it's just everything favors the pitchers. And the pitchers, not to take anything away from them, there are a lot of good pitchers, a lot of very good pitchers in baseball. But, I mean, most hitters are just so undisciplined. They're just, there's so many free swingers now. And, you know, it's all about the bloop and the blast and, and you know, swinging from the fences. And, and I, I think, and I think, you know, if, if there was a different approach to hitting, you wouldn't be seeing all these no hitters. And uh, that, that that's one of my big gripes with the game right now. And uh, I don't know when it changes. When is it going to change? Uh, that's, a, that's a real good question to ask. But, you know, if you can hit the ball and you can hit it far, you know, like Toronto, who's doing all sorts of record-setting paces, is going to lead, lead the major runs by a landslide, uh, home runs probably. And, uh, you know, that's going to get you into the playoffs. Now, how will it ha- what will happen in the postseason? I don't know. <laughs> Usually, pitch that's where pitching picks it up, and they're able to and things take and think people take control. These are all good questions to ask. Uh, something that we'll probably weigh in on, and I'm sure we'll hear from uh, GPG later in the show. Uh, we might even hear from Rob Davis. I don't know if we'll hear from the ghost of Brian Sanhorn, but uh, we'll get into that a little later. Three four seven eight two six seven three five eight. Talking sports and whatever else uh, we happen to discuss in this. Uh, two-hour uh, overnight drive. All right, uh, first guest, uh, I'd like to bring him in now. He's waited patiently, and I appreciate the time. And anybody actually wanted to do a full baseball thing there. And uh, here he is, folks, uh, the one and only uh, JNF, uh, the lurker, as I like to call him. Yeah, by blood, re- by blood relation, we are brothers, believe it or not. Yes, uh, Justin, JNF Flex, uh, Felix joins me right now. How are you? I'm fine. How is up? Well... A lot of baseball stuff going on, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff to uh, discuss, certainly. Uh, what do you, what, what, you, what have you been up to? Nothing much. I'm just uh, on the show. <laughs> you are. You're, yeah. I mean, you're on the show. I mean, um, um, what do you think about what I said in regards to the heading? I mean, you, you, what's your stance on? on on hitting compared to pitching these days. Honestly, I don't follow baseball like that anymore, so it's like. Uh, but yeah, but you, you you follow it enough, you know. I mean, am I onto something here mm-hmm. in terms of just you know guys, you know who who just you know you have a lot of guys now, Justin, who either they hit the home run or they strike out or ground onto a double play. And they don't hit for much of an average. And honestly, I don't have much use for that. But I just, I just think that I just think whatever, whatever, whatever they're teaching these hitters, it's not translating anymore. And um, it's not to take away from some of the better hitters in baseball, like uh, a D Gordon, who I think legit hit. Who I, I mean, the guy hits hits for a ton of average, except that he plays on the Marlins, who suck. Um, can't put up. Um, and uh, or Jose Altuve was a throwback, even though he's not hitting for as high an average this year, but just continues to get it done. Those are the two best second basemen in the, in the game right now. Um, there are good hitters, but where is your Tony Gwynn? You know, where is your Wade Bott? Where is your Edgar Martinez? You know, where are where is like the where is like the you know you know give me like a pure hitter, right? Just a pure hitter. 
that will hit that can hit you know over 350 or 360, you know, and and not strike out and just be good situation wise. And I, I just don't see that enough. I don't, you know, I mean, Justin, the Dodgers were no hit for the second time in like two weeks. They got no hit. They got no hit by Mike Fears of the Astros, who got traded for the Brewers, who suck. Mike Fears is a so-so pitcher. He, he, he looked dominant against the Dodgers. And, and the Dodgers got no hit in their own ballpark tonight. And, like, most of the swings against Arietta were terrible. I, I mean, it was good, really good. I'm not yeah, – that was the second time that the Dodgers have been no hit. Actually, it was a sixth no-header. Let me correct myself on that. I thought it was seven, and it's six, actually. But they've been no-hit twice, the Dodgers, in ten days. So uh, the difference in this game was a Chris Bryant two-run home run in the uh, first inning. Off a tough luck loser, Alex Wood, the guy that they got from the Braves. Um, Chris Bryant's going to win the NL Rookie of the Year. He's finally uh, going to run away with it now. Uh, even though, you know, I, I had a there was a guy that I like, of course, of the Giants, but Matt Duffy. But I I think how could you deny 21 home runs, 79 RBIs for Chris Bryant, who is carrying the Cubs right now? So that will be your Rookie of the Year, and that will make John Genorio or JPG very happy. If you look up and down the Dodger box score, um, I'll run it down for you. This is the Dodger box score tonight. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins is a good player, isn't he? Awesome. I mean, he's old now, isn't he? He is, but, but he's been a pretty proven player. He's proven. Um, yeah. What do you think Jimmy Rollins is heading this year? 250? Lower. Keep going. 230? I can never shot it. It's a little lower than 230. He's gone. 218. Almost. So you have to three tries, but you basically got it. He went 0 for 3 tonight with a walk and two strikeouts. I mean, J. Roll does have, I think, double digits in home runs. So he still is productive you know, in terms of the power. You know, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But he's hitting 218 with 13 home runs and 41 RBIs. I mean, so that's... And it's on base percentage up, and it's 274. So that's that's what I'm talking about. That Not that Jay Roll was ever a great hitter. Like, I'm looking at his career numbers, Justin. Um, first career, he's a career 265 hitter. So that means he probably came into this year around 270, or 270, over 270, because his average has dropped, obviously. But And his average had dropped over the last few years, of course, because he's not, he's not the same Jay Roll, you know, that won MVP. In 2007, when he uh, hit 296 with 30 home runs, 94 RBIs, and 41 stolen bases, <laughs> he was much younger then. Uh, you wanted to know how old Jimmy, Jimmy Rollins was? Um, let's see, Justin. Uh, uh, how old am I again? 38. Okay. So how old do you think Jay Roll is? 39. He's a little younger than me. So uh, a little younger, what do you think? He'll be 37 in, uh, after around Thanksgiving, actually. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, so, yeah, he's up there. He's up there. So, uh, you know, I mean, maybe it's not really – it's not like I want to kill Jimmy Rollins, who's had a very – he's had a solid career. He's a good 
it's been a excellent, you know, first career. He, you know, he uh, he helped the Phillies lead the Phillies to a World Series championship, world title. Um, so certainly, all right. So that's Jimmy Rollins. Okay, um, he struck out in the ninth inning. Okay, uh, he took a pitch walking, uh, a fastball, by the way, that was down the pipe. Um, Jimmy, you know who got bat second and who batted second in sort of tonight, Justin? Keeping with the uh, ex Philly fan, take a guess. Who, who just got traded to the Dodgers? I don't know. Chase Utley. Chase Utley. Oh. Utley was the final out. He struck out swinging. At least he swung the bat, you know, for God's sakes. And he did foul off a pitch. Um, what do you think his average is for the season? Chase Utley? Yeah, what do you think he's hitting? 260. 212. <laughs> but, you know, he's at the end of the line, though, and he's been hurt most of the year. Uh, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries. And, by the way, he's the same age as Jimmy Rollins. So, that's the Dodgers' two top hitters. Uh, at least tonight they were. And, and um, you know, Utley, Utley was one of my favorite players, actually, when he was on the Phillies. Uh, I just, I loved what Utley was. He was just phenomenal. He used to be a great hitter, too. Um, I mean, you, there was a stretch, Justin, from uh, 2005 to 2008, where Utley hit, he drove in over 100 runs every year. Every year. And he stole double-digit bases. And he hit, of course, over, he hit like over 20-plus home runs every year. So, like, between 2005 and 2009, um, Chase Utley, he had a combined, combined from 2005 2009. 60, 82, 15. Justin, he had 146 home runs between 2005 and 2009. That's uh, uh-huh. pretty darn. For a second baseman, that's, that's just awesome. So awesome numbers. Um, no doubt. I mean, uh, uh, injuries, of course, have sidetracked him, but, you know, for his career, he's a 282 hitter, 233 home runs, 917 RBIs. He doesn't have a lot left. He's probably going to miss the Hall of Fame. Early in his career, I would have said a no-brain Hall of Famer, you know, but he's kind of faded, and, you know, but that injuries happen, he's gotten old, and he's on the Dodgers, though. So that's their top two hitters, okay? Um, we're going to get to the next two hitters, uh, and then I'm going to bring in our next guest. Uh, I'm going to bring you in, JPG, don't worry. The next two hitters are the only two, the only two good hitters on the Dodgers. Adrian Gonzalez, who hits 284 and, of course, has the production of a first baseman that you would expect. Uh, 284, 284 with 24 home runs, 75 RBIs. That's their best hitter, obviously, their most productive hitter. And you know who's had a good year for them? Andre Ethier. Andre Ethier is hitting 297 for the Dodgers. You know, he's not going to drive in a lot of runs. Probably got about maybe 50, 50 runs. Actually, he doesn't. He's got 350. He's hitting almost 300. 12 home runs, 41 RBI. So he's been good. He's been good this year. So those are the only two good hitters in the Dodgers lineup. Um, the rest of the lineup goes like this. Carl Crawford, washed up. Yasmani Grandel. I would call him a decent guy for a catcher. I mean, he's got a little bit of pop. He hits, hits 265, so he's got some pop. 
So he's probably the third best hitter in that lineup. Um, Jacques Peterson, he's terrible. He is terrible. He should have been sent back down. Um, I traded for this guy. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I gave up way too much. You know, if I didn't make that trade, I probably would be in third place by now. Jacques Peterson is just so undisciplined, and he has to work on his swing. You know, Kai Hernandez is better than Jacques Peterson right now. And Kai Hernandez was a throwing, a throwaway. Um, the Dodgers lineup's not that good. Why isn't? What happened to Alex Guerrero? He's only hitting two thirty now. And oh, Justin Turner, Justin Turner. I forgot about Justin Turner. He pinch hit. He struck out. At least he gave a fight to Arietta. Um Justin Turner is probably the second best hitter on this team behind Adrian Gonzalez. I would I would rank it Gonzalez one. Justin Turner, too, a former Met who turned into a all-star caliber third baseman. Ethier, three. Randall, four. Or three, four. You could rotate both those guys. Uh, their lineup sucks. Their lineup's terrible. That's not a good lineup. It's terrible. And, and, and when the Dodgers get eliminated again in the first round or whatever or whatever it is, the division series, besides the fact they have Kershaw and uh, Granke, oh, they could look no further than their undisciplined heading, which is why they've been no-hit twice in 10 days. All right, folks. Uh, Three four seven eight two six seven three five eight. Harder hits. Derek Felix here. Johnny enough there on the other side. And uh, we've got two guests coming in. Uh, the first one, I want to bring him in. Uh, he's somewhere residing in a toilet over in Flushing. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> he is he is the one and only stat master. He's an excited Cub fan. So he's propping up Jake Arrieta, and now he deserves to prop up Jake Arrieta, who might be the second or third best pitcher in the NL. He is John Giannorio, JPGA. Well, Welcome I'll settle for just saying that program. he's better than anyone on the Mets. Oh, really? Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, and I've got one more person, believe it or not, who's decided to join us. Yes, folks, from the word work, from New Jersey, the mean streets. <laughs> yes, he's a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays, just like uh, Brian Sanhorn. To the formerly artist known as Brian Taylor, <laughs> but a fan of Dollarbacks who needs to get it done and needs to turn the season around quick. Wow, Craig Davis has joined the program. Welcome. Yes? Hello? Yeah. You, are, you are on. You are when, on. When, when did I become a fan of the Blue Jays? I, I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Derek! Derek, um, like I them. thought you, you were. Must, you must be on the other side. No, that's, that's it. That's it. You know, I have I have to say one thing to you, John, about this game. Um, there was a really good play by your boy Addy. Addy Russell made a excellent play uh, to keep the no hitter. Um, he raged far to his left on a ground ball. And he made a nice throw to first base. So that was nice to see. I thought he was the devil because he displaced your favorite player. <laughs> well, you know what's you know what's interesting about that? Uh Starlin Castro uh had a three hit night and uh made one good made one good sparkle play where he was in the right position uh and caught a line drive. That could have been a base hit. Uh, to end the eighth inning. So, uh, you know what? I would be perfectly fine with him being their platoon second baseman going forward. Okay. Okay. You know. You know what? The interesting thing is, uh, 
he was charged with an error, which preserved the no-header early in the game. Uh, a tough kind of line drive that, you know, kind of one of those short hops. He just wasn't able to, you know, get the glove on it, uh, booted it, and they ruled it an error. And that's what I'll, and then, you know, it was the right call. And Arietta gets the no-header. Man, congratulations to him. Congratulations to you, JPG. You know what? It's been a, it's been a good season. Well deserved, John. Well deserved. You know what? I feel, no, I mean, <laughs> you know what? I wish, I wish it had been Dollar Max who already threw a no hitter this year. But mm-hmm. uh, well, yep. you know, I, I have a question though. For since you did bring him up, um, what do you think oh, his record? God. What do you think his ERA is since he threw that no hitter? He's been struggling a lot. I mean, what's happened to him? How come? How come Derek? Derek cuts off someone's season at the point where it agrees with his opinion of that player. Uh, yeah, it's over. He's, Max Scherzer has absolutely no ability anymore. It's it's just over. You know, he uh, he met Derek's qualifications <laughs> to decide to end his career. So it's Max Scherzer can never have a good season. It it's just it's done. It's done. Forget the fact that the Nationals just give him no run support whatsoever. Anymore, so I mean, that's no, true. It's not. That is true. So, uh, Forget they, the fact we're not. He also has been better than any Mets pitcher this year. But. Do you think that the Nationals made a mistake trading for Jonathan Papelbaum? <laughs> what? Their team is not in first place because they've had a bunch of injuries. They're they don't have problems because of Jonathan Papelbaum. <laughs> well. I mean, they have guys that have been hurt. They have guys that have underachieved, like Gordon uh, Zimbo, who actually pitched a very good game today. Do you, do you uh, think it's possible that maybe these guys are underachieving because they have other people hurt, so their lineups aren't adjusted to the way that they otherwise would be playing, said said players not been injured? All right. So, all right. Here's a good question, then. Um, they've had injuries. All right, that's true. Injuries are part of the game. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's it's but yeah, it's an, an you injury think, is part of the game or not. They affect you know, they uh, affect your team. I just whether I just want to take a poll. I'll ask all three of you. Um, the Nationals' record is sixty-six and sixty-three. That's a five-point win percentage. Um, should they be only three games over five hundred right now? No. They've got nothing out of their second best position player this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got nothing out of – well, they've gotten very little out of anyone from their third best pitcher down. I mean, it is what it is, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I mean, uh, other than Bryce Harper, you know, their offense isn't good. It's not good. Yeah, You're right. Um, and Bryce Harper, you know, even Bryce Harper could slow down. They had the monster second. Not the monster first half, but where it looked like he was going to hit forty plus home runs and knock it over hundred easy. And he yep. still he still lucky. His numbers are excellent: three thirty two, thirty one, seventy six, eighty nine runs. But, mm-hmm. but he's got maybe I think he's got like two or three home runs, in like the last maybe month and a half, <laughs> which tells you yep. that you know. And of course, which tells you two things: he slowed down. And maybe pitchers aren't pitching to him as much. I mean, he's not getting the same kind of pitches. So that's, hey, Rob. That's just part of it. Uh, 
I got a question for you. It's football-related. What's up? Okay, I was doing this DraftKings stuff, right? Yeah. And, uh... I was, like, tinkering with my lineup. Mm-hmm. I was wondering my last my last my my last wide wide receiver slot, Andrew Hawkins on Cleveland or Robert Woods on Buffalo. Um, Robert Woods, Cleveland doesn't have a quarterback. That's yeah. true. Is, is, is Robert, Robert Woods, Woods going to play? Gonna do yeah, Robert, Robert, yeah, Robert Woods is playing. He's your number two receiver. Okay. Yeah, All right, no, but I don't want two Buffalo guys, so like I, I'm going to take Fred Jackson out then on my, as my flex yeah, position. Yeah. Well, well, Fred, Fred Jackson isn't going to play much anyway, so I would definitely. Take I figured him out. that. Yeah. yeah what if I'm? What if I'm? What's his face gets injured though? What? What's up? What if you know who's the running back for again? Um, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. What if he gets injured though? Uh, well, like, I mean, they. I uh, still. Uh, I would still. I don't know. I, I, I injuries are pretty doubtful. I mean, McCoy's usually been pretty healthy during his career. So I mean, and Fred Jackson is like ninety years old. So. All right. Would you play? Who, who would you play out of these? Who would you play out of these players? Then in my flex position, Shane Vereen. Hmm. He's at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Or Chris Ivory, James Jones. I don't know. Uh, uh, Terrence Williams? How about, how about Terrence Williams? Chris Ivory. Yeah? Yeah. Ivory against the Browns? Yeah. You heard Terrence Williams too, right? You heard that part? What's up? I said Terrence Williams also, though. I'm able uh, to fit him in. Not to the Ivory. Okay. Thank you. No problem. My lineup now is Tony Romo, Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy, DeMarco Murray, Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, oh, Martellus Bennett, Chris Ivory, and Jets defense. Nice, nice. Good lineup, good lineup. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, you was, was asking me about his lineup yesterday. I have to ask Rob, though, because he's like Mr. Football over here. So. <laughs> You're the football guru. I mean, we, we all would agree on that. You know? Man, the Mr. Football. Man, oh, man, man. Oh. Uh, football. There there has been football play. Um, uh, have any of the preseason stuff at all? I heard the DJ looked pretty good for the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's uh, not. He looked, he looked decent. He looked decent. Rob, yeah, I got one more for you, okay? What's up? All right. I was I was confused at like the tight end position over here. Am I one of my different ones? Okay. I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you what my options were. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's do this. Uh, where is he? Can't find the moles. Oh yeah, would you would you um? Where the fuck is this guy? I think I clicked on the wrong thing. Man, man, what I don't understand. Um, like how come the one time that I actually like 
decided to watch like some preseason football, the Giants' offense looks archaic again. Well, you, you're not game planning in the in the preseason, so I mean, yeah, but, like, I got it. I got it now. All right, all right. What's up? <laughs> all right. Would you would you play Vernon Davis or Eric Eric Embron on the um Detroit Lions? Uh, uh The Niners are probably going to be really, really, really bad. I would go with Eric Ebron. Oh, Ebron, whatever. Yeah, he's, I said yeah. he's supposed to get, like, get some more like snaps or touches this season. Not, not, yeah. not, not. not I'm saying. Yeah, so I, think I, that's a good play. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't play Vernon Davis. The Niners are going to be horrible. Okay. The Niners All right. are going to suck. Yeah, Pretty I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you look at all, look no. what's happened to them. Yeah. All right, so this is my lineup for this one. It's Tony Romo, Demarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Terrence Williams, Eric Ebron, and Fred Jackson and Jets defense. Is that all right? Cool, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. And yeah, Come on, Craig, I'm, 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 I'm trying to win and money Derek, here. And Derek, and Derek, and Derek, and and Derek, the Giants' offense looks archaic because they have no running backs and only two good players on offense. They have no offensive line. No, yeah, they that's don't. That's the biggest problem that I say. Justin Pugh is just terrible. Oh, God. He really is terrible. Uh, Pugh? <laughs> yeah. He that's his name. That's his freaking name. I mean, they draft this guy really high. He's just terrible. I mean, he just commits like pedally after pedally on the offensive line. And uh, you know, you know what's sad? Like I watched, I watched. You know, I actually watched. Just wanted to see what it looked like, and it's like I felt like I was watching regular season Giants when Eli threw that interception when he throws that pick six. <laughs> well, I, I, I see Eli. I mean. I just, you know what? It's like they won two Super Bowls, right? But it feels well, like all right, well, all right, yeah, fine. Just say sort of. But like, uh, honestly, that last Super Bowl feels like it was so long ago because the team is so bad, and like, it, it, I don't know. It's like, like they have Coughlin back, and Coughlin's last season is gonna suck, and. And, well, the only good thing is the only solace that's, that finally Jerry Reese is gonna is gonna probably pay the price. Uh, I can at least look at that. Jerry Jerry Reese Jerry Reese built two Super Bowl winning teams. I mean, come on. Give and Jerry's been calling for his head every year for like ten years. <laughs> I know Jerry it's, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> Jerry Reese. Only has those Super Bowls because of Ernie Acorsi. I mean, come on. Oh, and because stop. Of, and because of Eli Maddie. Because Eli Maddie and his walking up the I hope, I hope Coughlin retires after this year and the Giants hire Doug Barone as their new head coach. Oh, God. <laughs> you deserve You, you want me for that. Oh, God. I mean, you deserve Doug Marone as your head coach. You kept saying what a good coach Doug Marone was, so theoretically, shouldn't you embrace this? Doug, Doug Marone is a solid football coach. He likes to be the nicest person, but he's gritty. He's gritty, pr- and he gets the most out of his I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure with, with the defense the Bills have, 
that I could have coached them to nine wins last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got a question for you. How come you haven't applied for the job? I think you should. Well, they haven't had a job. Do you really consider Rex Ryan a head coach? Uh, much better than the Bills have had in like 20 years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he was coaching Derek's Jets, he was great. Now that he's on the Bills, no. So now, now, now his career's over. You know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, I, Rex Ryan, I like. Rex I like. I like. I like Rex. I like Rex as much as the next person. You know, I like the personality. But I'm just. I mean, how many times does this guy? This guy gotta like. Guarantee Super Bowl. This time, the Super Bowls are going to win well, the Super Bowl. Let's, let's what would you rather he do? Jets, say, oh the, no, I'm anticipating an eight and eight season. The Jets kind of, <laughs> the Jets kind of gave up. The Jets kind of gave up on trying to even build a team or support anything that Ryan was trying to accomplish there, and they kind of laid him out to dry. Like the Jets weren't interested in building a win. Well, you're not going to get any disagreement with that. There's only so much a uh, coach can do when you when you start to lose players consistently and your GM and your owner don't do anything to try to bring in players to, re- to replace them. How about, here's a, something you could have done. How about guaranteeing that you win the division title first, that you'll win the AFCs? That oh, would be no, a good Wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. No, how is what Rex Ryan did any different than what, you know, that, that former Giants coach, um, I think his Fossil. name was uh, Jim Fossil, did, you know? I'm pretty sure oh, he won. He guaranteed the playoffs. He guaranteed the playoffs, man. But it was it was not before the season started. It was, uh-huh. it was, it was enough that they had a terrible loss to the so his guarantee is different. And, you know, uh, Rob, Rob, Rob let, me save you, let me save you a lot of time. Derek doesn't like your team, and he doesn't think that your team should really even be in the NFL. And that's why he doesn't, that's why he doesn't like what Rex Ryan said. Wait, so, oh, so, so what is my name, Brian Blue Jay Sadhorn? <laughs> I don't, when, when, when is it? I mean, since when did I become Brian Blue Jay? Or that I don't want the Bills to be in Buffalo. I want them to be in either Toronto or California because I live there. As long as I've known you, pretty much. <laughs> I love I love Derek's hatred what? for the Toronto Blue Jays. By the way, <laughs> I don't hate the Blue Jays. I, I, oh God! No, it's not the Blue Jays. It's just that Derek now supports uh, you know Hackman over there. So. And his yep. efforts to destroy the Yankees. Uh, no, I just I just like the fact that finally Brian Casper grew a pair of balls. Oh, stop it. You, you just like the fact that he doesn't have hands in house pockets. Well, considering how cheap Hamels and David Price both went for, maybe Cashman should have been involved. No, pretty much. Yeah, but you know, you have to know that the SD... Price was going to be one of those guys. One of those untouchables was going to be asked for and probably was asked for. Probably for Cole Hamels, I would imagine. And giving up one of them to possibly compete this year probably would have been worth it. 
Um, Looks like Cole Hamels is going to get the Rangers into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Cole mm-hmm. Hamels is a nice pitcher. Uh, uh, you know, you know what the ironic part is? Cole Hamels will probably pitch uh, like a re-hit, like shutout against the Yankees and strike out about 11 batters because the Yankee lineup doesn't hit anybody who's a good pitcher. Don't <laughs> be eliminated. JPG, JPG will turn into JPH, JP Hamels. And you know, you don't well know that you know what's going to make the final out? Dayron's going to make the final out. He's going to ground us to a 4 6 3 double play. <laughs> the real question is Josh, is Josh Hamilton going to admire the game from his from his premium seat on the bench? <laughs> you know what? Josh will probably hit a home run in the game or it'll be a couple. I don't think he even he, plays regularly, Derek. Does he, he even play? I don't think so. He's been terrible he, this year he, on, or is he on, hurt the, again? on the Rangers. Even. Or is he hurt well, again? Hurt, I mean, hurt, quotation mark. You know what? I'd like to hurt you, quotation mark. <laughs> what a nice hey, thing Rob. to say. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, it's my honesty. You know, that gets me to uh, places. At least I'm honest. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, Rob. What's up? Hey, what do you think about this last lineup? And that's it. Tony <laughs> Romo. DeMarco Murray, Jonathan yeah. Stewart, Aldo Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods, Martellus Bennett, Devontae Adams, and Jet Stevens. Mm. Does who's Jonathan that? Stewart still play for Team J? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He still plays for Carolina, yeah. What are you going to uh, say? On that on that note, may, may he uh, roll an ankle or tear an ACL in the first game. <laughs> Wow, what a a nice thing to say. Jonathan Stewart is like the oldest, youngest running back in the league. I thought he was like 33 or something. He's only only 28. Well, the only reason why I I took him is because of salary cap issues, and he's he's also playing Jacksonville in the first week. Man, salary cap? Um, I like the line. It's not bad. It's not bad. What do you think about the Jarvis Landry thing? Um, I'm not all that familiar with him, so I can't say. He's on Miami. Don't know. Didn't Miami sign that guy from Detroit? Uh, which guy? The defensive tackle? Oh, uh, yeah, and the Dominic Sue, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, him. That waste of space. That waste of space. Come on, Derek. Oh no, he's a very talented player. He's a very talented nah, player. If I talented player, he'd be in like a top two defensive tackle in the league. Yeah. <laughs> well, Derek's against all free agents ever. So. That is true. That is true. This is yeah, Derek. until he like until he, until he steps on a guy again or or does something retarded and gets himself suspended for like a big game or something for <laughs> a couple weeks. Because <laughs> you know it's coming. It's, you know, it's coming. Oh, man. You know, I, I watched something on that guy. There was some kind of special. I don't know. It was like either HBO or Showtime. There was a special about him, about how he was in college. 
and how, how he was uh, different. And then all of a sudden, he turns it to the sky. That just does all these things. I don't know. That just makes all the mistakes. Wait, wait, wait. He, tur- he turned into a guy who does all these things. Um. <laughs> yes. Turns it to a thing that, that, that turns into a guy that does all these things. Have you looked at himself in the mirror and projects what he's looking at himself as? <laughs> oh, wow. He went for the throw. How come there. the Jets didn't sign him? Uh, he would have been a great fit for the Jets. Actually, no, because he would have been a better pick for the Dolphins. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the Dolphins are much closer to, to uh, competing for championships than the Jets are anytime soon. And the Jets yeah, aren't interested in winning, so. Mm-hmm. Derek's Jets is going to be a long road back. Yeah, I, although I think the Jets will win more games than the Giants this year, but so do I. Actually, the Giants are going to be terrible, though. So I mean, of course they're going to win more games. I mean, time to trade. Don't they? I mean, I don't know if John saw, but I do remember our bet, Derek. You know, be, be prepared to change your profile picture to Eugene. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll change it. I'll change it, and Why everybody will be, everybody will defraud me when they see the picture. You might as well just change it now, man. That was a terrible bet. <laughs> yeah, was, bet. That was a terrible bet. What can I say? I bet, I, bet, I bet, Derek, that the Bills would win more games than the Giants this year. Yeah, that's the whole bet. Like this year or last year? No, this year. <laughs> this year. This year. <laughs> oh. Derek, you got to stop betting. <laughs> I'm something I, honestly, I don't I think, know. I think, Derek, I think Derek just gets bored, and he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna say something outrageous. I like to sell it. Say Out of my way. <laughs> Derek, Derek does make some absurd bets, though. It is pretty great. I can't, I can't complain. It gives me a good laugh. Hey, I try my best. Hey, you know? I mean, what can hey, I Rob, say? I'm trying to sell. I'm trying to sell one more slot, actually. My flex position. Yeah. Oh, J and F, you in this daily fantasy, baby? Yeah, I know. Would you put? Would you pick Darren Sproles? Ooh, that's a good what question. Um, well, actually, um, Darren Sproles. Hmm. Get, let me see something. One second, and I'll tell you. Okay. You know, while he's uh, figuring that out, uh, you wanted to know about the Josh. The, the Josh is hasn't been cleared for running yet. Uh, the Josh. Has six home runs and 21 RBIs and a 2.54 average in 38 games and 142 at bats with the Rangers. As you were wondering, JPJ. Is he on Is his on base percentage above 300 yet? No, it is not. Yeah. But he's only um, had 142 at bats. Well, of course, you know you want to judge him off 142 bats. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> hey, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, um, yes, I would. Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews both have a history of injury, so at some point they probably both will be injured. Yeah, I, I, I like Darren Sproles as a flex guy for you. Okay. Who wants to do a free fantasy football draft or whatever? I was able I was able to put, get Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, Jonathan Stewart, Odell Beckham, Jeremy Macklin, who I just put in, Robert Woods, Martellus Bennett, Darren Sproles, and Jets defense. Yeah, not bad. That's good. It's good. All right. I'll just leave it like that. All right. 
show now. Come on. Come fucking on. Jamberry. Uh, we have a Jamberry. Yeah. Tonight was the sixth no header of the season. Boom. Boom. Because the headers in baseball are not that good anymore. <laughs> well, who pitched it? Well, Big Ariana pitched it. And he's very good. But as I've said before, there's too many players that are one-dimensional that don't really hit for average and don't know how to hit in situations. That's your opinion. I think that the hitting is the hitting's the worst it's ever been in baseball right now. The worst it's ever been? Yes, right now. Hitting is the worst it's ever been since I've been following it, I would say. I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that. It's, I'm just talking uh, about, you know, approaches to hitting. I'm talking about guys who could actually, you know, maybe like hit the ball to the opposite field, who actually, you know, when they get behind accounts, know how to shorten up a little bit. I'm just, I, I just think that baseball right now is so much better for pitchers because. The hitters, they're not taught the right way of how to play. And now, if you hit 220, if you hit 220 and you hit 20 home runs, that's acceptable. Who, be in your who, who, who are you talking about? I can be talking about Josh a number Hamil- of Josh Hamilton? <laughs> Josh Hamilton's an MVP, all right, you, you idiot. Oh, stop. The only thing Josh Hamilton is the MVP of is cocaine. You yep. know what? I heard you're going to be winding up right next to Jarrett Stahl in the face-off when the Rage of the Devil square off. I think, you know what, that, that was just to boost the economy and the New York drug business. You know, that was definitely an interesting signing. Hey, Rob. What's up? Jeremy Mecklinger. <laughs> Jeremy Macklin or Golden Tate. You know what? Um, I'm, 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 I'm leaving you out to dry on this one, Justin. Go with Golden Tate. Oh, this is the last one. I'm serious. No, Jeremy no. Jeremy Macklin. Gonna... I like Golden Tate, though. I am a Golden Tate guy. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, you want to hear You want to hear something really, really funny? What? Does it not I mean, involve you me? Can't, you can't make this shit up. Oh, it involves what? you. Of course it involves so, me. Why, why so would it Derek, involve me? So Derek, Derek just went on his rant about how today it's okay for guys to hit 220, but if they hit 20 home runs, it's all right. And sure yeah. enough, I checked Josh Hamilton's stats, and uh-huh. in 2013, his last full season, yeah, he he hit 250 with 21 home runs. Oh, oh, come on! <laughs> so I, I guess I guess Derek likes this likes this more than he likes that one, huh? We are we are we are talking about Josh freaking Hamilton. I can't. Uh, Josh Hamilton, by the way, is a career two ninety hitter, man. Two ninety oh. hitter. Last I checked, out, the numbers said the numbers more. Said three, three different times, man. What what what, what are we going to see? Now uh, wait 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 wait. In all fairness, in all fairness, 
by by saying he's a career 290 hitter, does he actually hit 290 in baseball, or is he spending 290 dollars a day on cocaine? <laughs> you know who else is a 290 hitter, career hitter? Car- Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee also had one, two, three, four, five, six separate seasons with 100 RBIs. Carlos Lee was a pretty good player. He was a pretty good player. I don't know why you just break him up out of the boat. He was a good player. I'm just I'm pointing out Josh Hamilton's peers. <laughs> Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton uh, had a pretty good career for a guy that wasn't supposed to he was be the number one overall the pick. Was the number one overall pick? For, yeah, but for a guy that we. But was the number one overall see. pick? But was the number one yeah. overall pick? And he still had a better career than Alex Gordon, who's been. In baseball for a actually, no, he, actually, no, no, he hasn't. Yes, he has. I mean, no, he hasn't. When, when you, okay, he hasn't. Okay, you're, you're, you're on crack. Okay, maybe, maybe you Alex need Gordon's a had a better. Alex Gordon's had a better career. You, 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 you know what? You're insane. I, I'm just I telling. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the facts, man. You don't have to like them. So you think Alex Gordon is a better player than Josh Hamilton? Is that what we're down to? Yeah, I think he's yeah. had a better career than Josh Hamilton has. Alex Gordon is a nice player. Yeah, and Josh Hamilton's almost out of baseball at this point. Josh Hamilton was a great player. Alex Gordon's never been great in his life. He's been a good Alex Gordon a has had two has had sorry, three all-star to MVP caliber seasons, in my opinion. He's never Josh driven Hamilton's over 100 had, runs. He's never, has he ever hit 30 home runs? I mean, uh, I mean, is that uh, the only way to judge players is how many home runs they hit? All right. I'll, I'll, look, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you two seasons, okay, from Josh Hamilton, all right? And then you could take any season you want from Alex Gordon, okay? Uh, yeah. 304, 32, 130. 359, so, so baseball 32, is all 100. 359, 32, 100. You, you, you find so, any Alex Gordon season that's better than those two seasons. Okay. So baseball is entirely determined by offense. Just, just find me, just find me two seasons or five year seasons. 2011, 2011. 298, 25, 94. 298, 25, 94, 2011 for Josh. What was Alex in that year? 3.03. His on-base percentage was 3.76. He had 23 home runs. He was a many, he was one of the best. Many, he was one of the best defensive players. He won a Gold Glove in uh, in left field that year. How many RBIs uh, did he have? Sir? He had 87 RBIs. Okay, that's that's comparable. Hey, baby, what's your OPP? Right. He was a better player than Josh Hamilton that year. Defensively, no question. Much better defensively. So player. baseball is about offense and defense. It is. But I just think it's pretty tough to compare a guy like Alex Gordon, who's a solid, all-star caliber player, a guy like Josh Hamilton, who's been an MVP. <laughs> and a bad one, He had one season of being an MVP. One. <laughs> He also had 43 home runs in 2012. They're they're different players. They are different style players. Yeah, I would much rather have Alex Gordon. 
Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the, the, end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, oh, come on, you would rather have Alex Gordon. It's it's nonsensical. At the end of the day, Alex Gordon isn't going to throw your entire season by doing drugs. Oh, God. Listening uh, to Alex you, Gordon, who Alex Gordon had yet like another Thomas. all-star season this year when Josh Hamilton's almost out of baseball. Josh Hamilton was not taken back by his original team, I think he's been hurt most of the year. I mean, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to judge. Him. Yeah, he's out he's of baseball. Out, he's not out of baseball, you, you Nimrod. He will, uh, be. he will be. He you will are be. Him. You he's are gone. Nimrod. But I, I didn't realize, has Alex Gordon been injured this year? He's only played in 78 games. Yeah, Alex Gordon has, has been injured this year, yes. That's true. Uh, well, he's... He still put up much better numbers than Josh Hamilton. <laughs> okay, Mr. Uh, Mister G. Inoria. Okay. Rob? You know what's funny about that? Josh Hamilton has about... No, I'm not going to ask him about football, don't worry. I'm not going to ask him about football, don't worry. 100 has left at bat, 6 home runs, 21 RBIs. So 5 less home runs and 18 less RBIs. Yeah, but, but you know... I mean, Josh Hamilton is a power hitter who doesn't walk and who doesn't play good defense. But you, don't value, either of, you don't value either of those things. So, you, all right. Uh, let's go back to Mike Trout for a second. Uh, you know, the best player in baseball. Um. Well, the best player in baseball this year is Bryce Harper, but no, he's not. Can, can you? The best player this year is Josh Donaldson, and it's not close. No, the best player is is Bryce Harper. No, the best player is Josh Donaldson. Why is this such a, an obsession for you? <laughs> he's having the best season. I mean, why is he so hard? Derek likes to disagree for the sake of being contradicting. No. <laughs> That's not what's happening here. I mean, we're disagreeing because he, he, he's like, he's, you know what? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say anymore. Josh Hamilton, or sorry, Josh Donaldson is one of the, the three or four best players in baseball this year. He's not as good as Bryce Harper this year. Sorry. If, if, if John, if John okay. had said Mark Donaldson was the best player in baseball this year, Derek would have said Bryce Harper was. They, uh, <laughs> or, or no, I would not. I, I would say Josh Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say that. Why? Why? No, I would not. Yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> 35 home runs, 104 RPIs. Actually, it's more though. I don't think they count at the game. They just play. I don't understand your obsession with RBIs. Josh Donaldson plays on a team with like four or five other elite offensive players. Of course, he has a ton of RBIs. He's also the best. He's also the best hitter on that team. I mean, it doesn't matter. From now on, from now on, I'm calling Derek Blue Jay over here. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Derek hates the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays got. Josh Donaldson by trading beloved prospects for him. Ah, yeah, what's up with that? You know, know what's interesting about that trade? Uh, Like, so what the return on the ace that they got um, could turn out to be a pretty good trade for them still. Um, No, 
Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's it only can. good when other teams trade for well, elite players. No, it could be. It's all saying that it could be a good. It could wind up being a good trade for both so, teams. So what if what if the, what if the Yankees were to trade for Bryce Harper? Derek would hate it. They okay. gave up too much. So I just I just I'm just gonna tell you. All right. Okay. So like I'll give you the players that were trade in this trade. Okay. Um, Brett Lowry. He's got twelve home runs this year. So but he's not he's not in the Donaldson category. But he's he's had a decent year. Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman. They're trying to make their closer right now. Uh. So he's got a nice arm. I don't know anything about Swan Dolan, but Franklin Barreto, KPG, Franklin Barreto is one of the top shortstop prospects in baseball. Uh, this guy has put up excellent numbers in A. And uh, this, this guy is supposed to be one of those guys that fast tracks. Okay, he's uh, he's supposed to be, like, really good. He's only 19 years old, but uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. That's that's the stud prospect that they got in the deal. So. Uh, I don't think it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't a terrible trade. Josh Donaldson is in his is now having his third MVP caliber season in a row. I mean, (laughs) would I have done the trade? Probably not. I wouldn't. Supposedly, Josh Donaldson got into an argument. I got into an argument with Billy Bean, and Billy Bean decided to trade him. He decided he doesn't want him on the team anymore. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't hear that story, but well, there was some kind of story about it. I, I don't feel like researching it right now. Uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, the one thing, the best thing I like about Josh Donaldson, aside from the fact that the Chicago Cubs made him a first round pick and then traded him for Rich Harden. Um, oh, here we go. Josh Josh Donaldson shares a birthday with me. He was born on December 8, 1985, the same year as JPJ. Yes, maybe you guys could celebrate your 30th birthdays together after Donaldson wins the World Series MVP. <laughs> I don't understand. See, I don't understand. Part of Derek hates the Blue Jays and everything they stand for and how they've built their team. But the, yeah. other, part, the other part hates Mike Trout so much that he needs to prop up Josh Donaldson. Well, who said that I hate Mike Trout? I think Mike Trout's awesome. Jersey Mike. Um, <laughs> I, what do I like? Can you? All right, you know me. What do I like most about Mike Trout's game, JPJ? His grit and hustle and moxie. You don't like you, what you don't like about him is that he comes from New Jersey. I don't know what you do like about him. <laughs> You see, you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. I'm surprised that you haven't gotten this yet. Oh, man. What do I like? What's the thing that I like most about Michael Trout? I don't know. You still, you really don't know. I didn't th- I no, thought you didn't it, like him. It's something that you always emphasize, and you're emphasizing right now. What do you think I like most about Michael Trout? That he that he came up through the Angels farm system. No. And <laughs> okay. wrong. What? Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Try again. Try again. Anybody? And by the way, anybody can play this game. What is Mike Trout's best characteristic right now? 
And he plays center field. You're getting close. You're getting warmer. That he's good at defense? Yes, that he's great at defense. That's my favorite thing about Michael Trout. That wasn't too hard. He says I don't appreciate good defense or great defense. Well, you you talk about how Trout's overrated pretty free, uh, pretty frequently. So uh, he's 24 years old and he's the best player in the game. Yeah, he's really overrated. Boy, terrible. Uh, who would want him on their team? You know. Yeah. Well, you you said that a DH was the MVP over him last season, Derek. I mean, you can excuse people for getting the wrong idea. <laughs> I think Victor Martinez had a better. Oh, here we go again. I think Victor Martinez had no, a better. This has gotten so out of hand that Derek now changes opinions like the seasons. Oh, hey, Derek. Derek's like. Derek's like, Trout's the best player in the game. <laughs> well, then why wasn't he the MVP last year? Well, you know, Victor Martinez. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you think that Mike Trout should have got all 30 first-place votes last year? Not all 30, no. <laughs> why does that matter to you? Because Victor Martinez hit 335, 32-103 at a 974 OPS. And he got one, not one single first place vote. How's that possible? Because <laughs> he's a, because he's a DH. <clears throat> but he had like a, he had a great statistical season. I, I don't understand how he didn't get one first place vote. I mean, he's a, he did have I mean, a great statistical season, Derek. But he's a DH. He's, yeah, but I think that he should have got some. He should have got first place votes. He's a designated hitter. So David Ortiz got almost as many votes as A Rod in two thousand four. He didn't get that doesn't that doesn't mean it was Why? right. That was stupid too, because the voters were idiots back then. No, because they the worshipped that, that they worshipped David Martinez Ortiz. Hold on. If what? Victor Martinez had put up that offensive season playing like a like a. Mark Teixeira-ish quality first base, he's maybe the MVP. If he puts up that season playing DH or his usual usual shitty defense first base, he's not the MVP. You're a DH. Just... <laughs> uh, uh, you belong in a gotcha. museum, by the way. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, did yeah. you see... It's not an MVP season. I'm sorry. Did you see that they canceled the Mike Lupica show? What's on your mind, Mike? I didn't know he had a show. Why did they cancel it? Um, I guess apparently, you know, I guess it just wasn't, you know, it, it goes up against Mike Francesa and it just wasn't guarding enough ratings, I guess. Yes, he had did a shake-up. You know who now gets the one o'clock slot, Justin? Oh, God. Uh, Alan Hod and Rick T. Pietro. Hod and Hopti. Oh, really? They're actually yeah. good. And that, that's, 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 that's good, though. They deserve that slot. I liked them better at nighttime, though. Yeah, so now they're actually going to be during the day. Uh, that's not good for hockey fans. 
uh, hospitals. Is, but uh, I like them better uh, listening to after after games. Like. Yeah, they're they're really good after games. But that's actually a good move by ESPN. Um, last year, uh, Nixon Martinez played in the field thir- over 30 times, but he was mostly a DH. So, yeah, DH, DH is just not that valuable. <laughs> You're not that valuable. <laughs> you see that David Ortiz uh, is closing in on 500 home runs for his career? So here's the question. Will the full-time DH over PED user make the whole thing? Oh, he's going to get in. He won't. He will? He will get in? I agree he shouldn't, but he's definitely going to get in. And is this because he's just popular and, you know, hasn't really been... Yeah, because the media loves him. Yeah, because the media loves him. JNF's got it exactly right. David Ortiz, for his career, has 800 RBI seasons and uh, a lot of a lot of big home run years. Yeah. Um, and of home course, run. Yeah, he's home also run. got that. He's also got that ALCS MVP, which uh, everybody will always talk about. He was. He's always been a pretty clutch player in playoffs. I like David Ortiz, but of course you do. I, You're a Red Sox I, fan. I do. I do agree that when he when he puts out runs, man, he's got to he, you know with the whole celebrating thing. You know, just that's enough. Enough already, man. Enough, David. You're you're on the last place team. You know, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, what, no. so, the, so the guy can't celebrate and have fun playing a game? Well, look, I mean, it's it's nice to have fun playing a game, but this team's in last place. I mean, celebrate Speaking every time like it's the World Series. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Pablo? It's, uh, it's hard to say, you know? Pablo? Never be the Andrew? What? Um, 2004, by the way, uh, I'm trying to see what I, if I could get, like, how many so, times yeah, yeah. so what, what happened to your boy this year, Derek? What happened to, uh, Fat Panda over there, huh? Kind of disappointed. <laughs> He's been underwhelming, you know? Mm-hmm. So what you're again. saying is that he was a bad free agent signing. Well... Not as bad as Hadley Ramirez has been, but <laughs> just can't admit it. Just can't admit it. And Hanley, I like Hanley. <laughs> Hanley could still uh, have but Hanley, the Red Sox signed Hadley, right? Now Hanley doesn't have a position. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about an organization that's just in disarray? <laughs> well, Derek with a classic dodge there. Hey. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> shouldn't Hanley be shouldn't Hanley be like a future Hall of Famer shortstop what happened to his career I mean my god it, injuries hurt Hanley but if you looked at Hanley's like first like you know 
first, like, five seasons with the Marlins. He was awesome. He was awesome. He was better than good. He was awesome, baby. He never been, like, a great defensive shortstop, but he was awesome. I mean, look at Hanley's first five years. Go to BaseballReference.com. Boy, that should have been an easy fall famer. <laughs> but I guess not. I don't know what happened. Kind of sad. Now he went to play what? He went to third base. Then he went to outfield, which was just a disaster. <laughs> now he's going to play first base for the Red Sox. <laughs> Hanley Ramirez got to play first. Uh, uh, good luck. Me and Rob. That's, uh, that's tough. He signed for another, uh, by the way, he signed through 2019, guys. Uh, that means the Red Sox are paying him $22.75 million. Wait, are you talking about the Panther or are you talking about Hanley Ramirez? The Red Sox owe Hanley Ramirez well, well, I mean, and, and they 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 are eligible to be traded were the Red Sox to find a partner. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, of course. Trade so, yeah, but, like, his contract, he's making $22.75 million next year? He's making, he's, he's, he's making 16 this year. Uh, Panda's making 8.6 this year. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, they're both, they're both bad contracts. They're both both. They're both. They were both bad signings. Uh, yeah. 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 They were. You know, at least they at least they brought in Dave Dabrowski. You know, he'll he'll do a good job. He'll fix things and get things back in order for them. But like, not only did they do a bad job with the hitters, guys. Um, they're pitchers. Like, they traded. Yasol Peak, right? No, not Yasol Peak. Oh, yeah, God, I hate him. Uh, no, wait. Tespidus. Tespidus, that's right. They traded Tespidus, the good the good outfielder. They traded him straight up uh, for that pitcher from Detroit. It was just terrible. Weren't you saying that the Red Sox were a model franchise for trading away veteran players last season? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I can't. Disagree with what you said. I, mean, I, did, I thought they were on the right track. You know, yeah, here, here was the, this guy's been traded three times. You know, um, he was traded uh, by the Nats. is overrated. He ask best fans how overrated he is. Because he's had a couple of hot of hot weeks with them. I mean, yeah, anybody could have a home run in rock in course field. That's true. We have three. Um, trade it for. Johnny Golds and John Lester and Cash. Of course, Lester didn't resign with the A's. Um, well, that was known at the time. This trade, huh. though, this was this was a trade, guys. Um, traded from the Red Sox to the Tigers with somebody by the name of Gabe Spire and Alex Wilson to the Tigers for Rick Porcello. That's a disaster. That is just an absolute disaster. I mean, God. Rick Porcello's been awful. What a disaster. Yeah, but but would the Red Sox be in better shape with Cespedes this year? Yes. Really? 
Cespedes could play the outfield. He's not just like a slugger. He actually could play both center and left field. And they wouldn't have had to overpay Henley Ramirez for a position that he couldn't play. The Red Sox are fucking terrible, man. Yeah, but Cespedes... You didn't need to listen to what I said, but, uh, you know. Um, well, yeah. He would be um, an improvement over what they have, <laughs> but would he be the difference between where they are now and contention? I'm not saying he'd be the difference, um, but they also... Oh, brother, I mean... They, it, it's just, it just seems like every move they made just... I'm going to summarize this real quick. It's like when Brian called that Boston radio station. The Red Sox, we're just like the Yankees now. <laughs> as far as paying out players. That was so they funny, right? Tra- they also they also traded for Wade Bali. Justin didn't even know it was. And he's been not so good either. So, um, the Red Sox um, made a trade last year, too, where they traded John Lackey. And the players that got back in the trade were Alan Craig, who's been in the minors, like, most of the year. And, uh... Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was terrible. He was so bad that they sent him down. They actually sent Joe Kelly back down. And since he came back up, Joe Kelly's been a different pitcher. And he actually shut down the bets. And he's been pitching much better. So there's still hope, at least. But I don't know how good Joe Kelly really is. But he's pitched much better. But, you know, if you look at his total season this year, he's got almost a five-year A. So, and he had to get set down before he to try to fix him. But he's been pitching much better. So. That's the Red Sox. That's the Red Sox season. They've made uh, Their decisions have not worked out for them. I know that makes JPG very excited. No, oh, it does. <laughs> of course it does. You, uh, you know, you're a big Red Sox hater. I, don't hate, I, don't I really don't like them. Oh, we know you don't. Hate, we know you don't hate the Red Sox, there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't view it. It's different, you know. You like them? It's fine. What is there to hate? You like them? It's fine. We don't care. To me, you know, they're a rival. They're the Yanks' top rival. Oh, but, you don't see them as a rival. They're also my favorite rival. You know, those, those are the games that I like watching. But the Yankee Red Sox rivalry has been dead. Has been dead since uh, since 2004. You know, there, there, hasn't, there hasn't been. It's not like the, the teams have faced each other again. And uh, the two teams have not been good at the same time. So until it happens again, there's just not that intensity. There's not that intensity. And it's not, you know, a lot of a lot of the sizzle when it comes to Yanks Red Sox has gone out the window for me. So it's really the fans. That and like, you, know. you, I think Justin, I think you know what I'm saying here. What I'm trying to say. I do. Like, you know, I mean, when when let's face it, we were lucky to have the Yankees and Red Sox play in, a, in three ALCSs. Uh, uh, don't forget about 1999, guys. Uh, you know, 2003, Aaron Boone, uh, 2004. 
Uh, great comeback from all three down. Red Sox. So, and uh, to me, baseball—that's as good as baseball got for me. It might not be. Of course, that might seem like I'm biased because I'm a Yankee fan. You know, I, I think that you know, obviously, if you're a Mets fan, you might say '86 the Mets, which was just as amazing, if not more amazing, and involved the Red Sox too. Which is ironic. Uh, and don't forget about the Angels. Um, or you might say 2006, or you might say this pole season, which could be a special pole season for the Mets. Tough. Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends, really. You know? It all depends. You know, on what. JPG, this could be your pole season. It could be the Cubs year. Only if we have glorious 86 wins, baby. <laughs> Only if you could get through Garrett Cole in a game. Although you will have what to is this with Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole's probably the most unknown ace in baseball right now. I'm very unheralded. But he'll match up against uh, Arietta. It'll be a good matchup. They're going to play the Pirates in a one-game playoff. It's going to be it's going to be the Cubs and Pirates. It's already that's pretty much already set in stone. And it's sad. Is that it's set sad in stone? Because these two teams these two teams have better records than what will be it's the NL East and the NL West. It's not set in stone, but it's like it's probably like a ninety percent certainty at this point. Awesome. Garrett Cole is well. In that case, I, I I would like the Pirates. To, I would like to see the Pirates like win something. But in that case, I would like to see the Cubs beat them. Oh, J and F. I'm. I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm so used to your brother rooting against my teams, but I appreciate you saying <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, by the hey, way, I was there in 2003 when Dan came in the chat room and said, "Man, I yeah, gotta you put know what, the TV on." You know what Garrett Cole's? You know what Garrett Cole's nickname is? Why? What? The Colt. The Colt train. That sounds like a Rob Davis kind of nickname, you know? Like Rob Davis, you know, with Philly Ballas, the Vegan, the Coltrane. <laughs> wait, wait, I was How that, wasn't that um, a Whipwrecker thing? Like, was like the H Con? The H Con? Kelly Holcomb. Kelly Holcomb, if you got him? Oh, my God. Jack Del Rio's finally comes here, JPG. Boom. Oh, Jack Del Rio. Remember yeah, that? Oh, Jack Del I Rio. I do. It's finally comes here. I need a picture of his here. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Oh, man. You want to do another half an hour, or you want to call it a night? I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. Can we start these earlier We're, next time? Yeah, we will. We will. You know, Rob Davis disappeared, never to be heard from again. <laughs> he decided that he had had enough. He um, had enough right. of the step master, heartbeating. We did an hour and a half. We did an hour and a half from 12.30. To it's already been an hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, huh? Oh, did, have you heard my new intro music for this show? No. 
No. You have APG. Do you know what the intro music is now for my shows? No. You really don't? No. Then I think you should take a listen to my new intro music. <laughs> How many people here like to be in control of their own destiny? Raise your hand. Come on. Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook. By 2001, Cook, he played just four years of organized ball. Still, he entered his senior year rated among the top high school players in the country, along with Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James. We've broken the barrier. The high school kids are in. He's got a perfect body. he got a great wingspan. He's like a savage. Yeah, that was amazing. He's going to have his life set. I can guarantee it. I'm going to play you very soon. playing basketball, everybody is best friend. I would like to thank MTV for coming to my crib. Don't rely on basketball for your happiness, because it's not going to happen. What you want to play me? I'm going to play you in various ways. <laughs> <laughs> His dreams of making it to the NBA has right, yet to materialize. Off, he just never went back to school. Cut, cut, cut. I said, you're ruining. All right. Um, you know what's funny? It's maybe it's a little ironic. Um, but that part where Kobe Bryant, like, you know, where he's speaking to all the campers, I think that's, like, the best part of the thing. Because, like... It is. Where he talks about, you know, how you can't rely on basketball. And you have to... You have to be able to exercise your mind, you know? And prepare for life. And, well, he's right. <laughs> he was right. He was prophetic. Uh, you know, JPG doesn't like Kobe Bryant. Bryant Sandler nope. doesn't like Kobe Bryant. Nope. But Kobe Bryant was right. The <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lenny yeah, Cook he was right. Congratulations. So are we. No, that was not the point, you, you Nimrod, but I wouldn't expect you to know that. Um... The point being that he he warned these players to, you know, remember to do other things, you know, to actually educate their minds and just, you know, I mean, man, uh, you know, you can't, you know, not everybody makes the NBA, but, you know, if you want to make the NBA, you've got to give yourself a chance, you know, by making the right decisions. Maybe if Letty Cook was a little smarter, you know, maybe he had the right people in his corner and he had, you know, been able to get his GED or play basketball or go to college for a year, he might have had the career that he could have had or should have had, you know, instead of what happened with him. So that's the whole point, John. That's always been the point. So... Knowledge is power, Giorgio. Knowledge is power. You have to listen to people sometimes, especially people who are in the know. Uh, I think that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Wes. You know, Wes Craven passed away yesterday. I know. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, well, what what a legend! Yeah. What's your favorite one, Justin? I like the one and three. 
The rest of them are cheesy, sort of. What they, about, they, like, made uh, Freddy, they made Freddy into, like, having one-liners and comedy and stuff. So. What else do you like, you know, as far as what he produced? You know, whatever, any other movies? You know, he's produced I don't a lot know. of movies. I, 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 I don't really like Scream, really, so. I like Scream for what it is. I mean, it's, the first one it's a little out there, and you know, uh, but... You know what was on the other night, too? Which is ironic. Uh, soccer. One of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was funny. <laughs> Judah, are you, have you seen Shocker or heard of Shocker? I haven't. Uh, you need you to don't want it. to. <laughs> no. You need to see Shocker. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> you need to see Shocker. Oh, man. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I mean... Yeah. So what else is going on? Nothing? Um uh, APG, we should never make seen NFL soccer. You want to make NFL I've never Texas. seen it. Oh man. What'd you say for JPG? I don't know what it is. I've never seen it. You want me to describe it or you want to describe it? I'm not describing it. Okay, all right. I'm not, just, I don't, don't want to get off I'll just, on this now. I'm not going to give it away. No. Imagine, right? Imagine, you know. You're a... You're a psycho, right? You're a psycho. You know, telling people, you know, and just, uh, just, you know, raping and killing people. He's on the streets, right? The cops are trying to catch him. Your father is supposed to be like the chief of the police, and you're and you're a high school senior, you're a football player, right? And your girlfriend gets killed by this guy. So, and so you're and you're the son, and like they they finally catch him, and you want to see him fry. Only something weird happens when he's supposed to fry. All right, JPJ, that's your. That's that's all I'm going to say about Shocker. So. Okay. Okay. So, you could pretty much figure out what kind you of movie it is. should talk about the NFL or something. What? You want to talk about how bad the uh, Giants are going to be? No. <laughs> Come on, Giants. I mean, I feel sorry for Top Coughlin. Why? Because Jerry Reese gave him nothing this year. He really gave him nothing. Like, it's like the Giants just decided, right, we can't fire him because he's won two Super Bowls, so we'll just bring him back for one more year. But we won't do anything. No, we're not going to try to, like, fix the roster. We're not going to try to fix our offensive line. We're not going to do anything to, like, improve our roster, Jerry Reese, right? I mean, because you haven't done anything, you know, in, in, like, since they won that Super Bowl. What was, what was that, like, four years now, five years? I mean, really. Jesus Christ. Three. I mean, hey, we're, we're not going to do anything to protect our quarterback who only wants to get, like, a big extension. Yeah, but, 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 you know, it's okay if he gets killed and gets sacked, like, 30 times, right? For all, like, 15 exceptions. <laughs> And like two, two or three pick sexes, right? Right, Jerry's? Right. 
Yeah, and I like the, and the giant organization. I love the giant organization. They're run by class, you know. Mara, of course, and but like they didn't do anything to help help the situation. Like, what was the point of bringing back Kafla? God, I mean, so like, so what? So what if they have Beckham, right? Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz returning. I mean, if your quarterback doesn't have any time, how the hell are you going to be any good? I mean, oh, you know, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have our our support called like Big Rusher. Uh, he, he's too busy playing with fireworks and almost blowing up his hand. So we don't know what what, what JPP is going to be able to give. Um, our secondary has never been great. It's like every every player, every key player gets hurt. They already have like a lot of injuries. To, to like their team, so they have guys going down again, and it seems to be an epidemic with the Giants. I don't know, but like, I just uh, they're not even giving themselves a chance, giving themselves a chance. So, and that pretty much takes JPG away. And <laughs> you think he got tired of hearing me talk about the Giants? But, oh God! I mean, that's all right. Um, am I wrong about this? Or do you, I don't think I am. No, sorry. So, not the last thing. Oh, that's right. Uh, MTV had their annual one year one year music. I'm not talking there. about that. I'm and, over it. Uh, it's not worth discussing, to be honest. Well, I will say Chrissy Hagen or whatever her name is, the wife of John Legend, has the best ass I've ever seen. But, but, and other than that. It's so, it's just so stupid. I'm not they talking had, about it, though. I know, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. I really don't. There's not much to discuss. Yeah. Um, didn't really miss much. I flipped it on for like two seconds, and I watched Ariana's no header. And it was just, I don't know. I wish, I wish that there was a music station that was relevant, that actually gave good It's not coming back, Eric. I'm over it now. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over it. I, th- I think that, I think that it's not going to be ever the same. It's time, time for something to change. I don't know, something, something it's needs not to change. change. I don't know. Needs to. Gotta watch wrestling tomorrow. I don't know, maybe, and it depends. Mm. It was good last week, huh? Yeah, but they'll fuck it up again. So. <laughs> Hey, wrestling's still something to watch, at least. Yeah. Not really. At least it's... Well, it's still interesting to me, all right? Maybe maybe, maybe it's all right. Maybe it's not, It's not. you know, it's never going to be in the great category again, you know? But it's still fun, you know? And that's what, that's what, that's what, you know, that's what things should be. They should be fun. They should be fun, you know? Not forced. Not forced, like some stupid music award show that's geared to... Bizarre people, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know what else you could say. You know, that that that's right. what I'm trying to say. All right. Um, that's gonna do it for the show. Um, you know, next week, Justin. Uh, maybe we'll do like a football preview. Maybe we'll actually do some football picks. We don't know whether or not the artist who really knows Brian Sohorn is gonna join us because he's too weird for us or weird for me. But uh, thank you to Justin. Thank you to Rob, and thank you to John or JPG. And uh, 
that is going to do it for the show. Uh, so that's it is essentially over. You know, please don't forget to check the archives. Um, leave it all not going all the way to fall till two thirty because it's not a point. Next week will be September sixth. Um, that's uh, that's going to be basically a week before the NFL season. Yes, there is a football game, a kickoff football game on that Thursday. I don't really consider that like the first football day. I, I always consider Sunday as football. That's all, you know, they could have all their festivities and whoever's singing or whatever, but to me, football is, is played on Sunday, played on Monday night. Thursday, I don't like the Thursday. I've never been a fan of Thursday night, but uh, we will try to maybe organize a little football preview, get to some fun predictions, uh, like we always do on this show. Uh, we will start doing the show every week, and we'll do we'll do some fun stuff on the show, um, do more baseball talk and see what's going on with the baseball races, see if anything has cha- changed in about a week. Uh, hockey, believe it or not, hockey's coming back. Yeah, believe, yeah it's really hard to believe. Um, you know, even though the weather's going to still be in the high 80s and 90s this week, um, hockey is going to be about Hockey is about three weeks away. Um, I, yeah, it really is. It's really two and a half weeks away. Well, there's there's hockey prospects. There's going to be hockey prospect camps, which I like to follow, even though there's no way to follow them. And then you've got training camps that open up, I think, I want to say like around September 15th, 16th, 17th, around that time. Yeah, so to talk about that, so we could maybe get Chris Wassell on and talk a little bit about the local scene with the Rangers Islanders talk with them going to Brooklyn, the Devils, Sabres, if Brian decides that he's motivated enough to talk to us, uh, do that. Um, you know, speaking of that, I may as well just finish with this. Um, you know, one of the uh, great coaches uh, passed away, Al Arbor. Al Arbor, of course, the uh, the coach, the Stanley Cup winning coach of the Islanders, the four straight Stanley Cups. Al Arbor passed away over the weekend. Um, one of the uh, one of the great coaches, obviously. Um, you know, certainly. You know, I, I think that you know what they did was unbelievable. You know, I was talking about my dad. Uh, my dad, of course. You know, he made an interesting point. Well, yeah, look at look at what they had. Look what they had on that team, which is true. They had some great players. They had some phenomenal players on that team. And that is very true. You know, Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, Denny Poppin, the captain, um, Bob Bourne, um, um, oh, Butch Goring, of course. Um, but I, I guess I'm just not I'm just not in hockey mode right now because normally I'm able to rattle off more names. Borgi Salming, no, Salming was Toronto. Um, uh, who was Kenny Morrow? Kenny Morrow. That's right. Poppin and Kenny Morrow were the backbone of that blue line. So they were the backbone of the blue line. They also had, I think, uh, they had one of the Sutters on their team. Did they have two Sutters or one Sutter? Um, I think it might have been Brent Sutter. I, I think he was part of that team as well. Um, you know, it's just uh, that's a different era. Different era, you know. You're talking about teams that were kept together. You know, 
you know, there wasn't you didn't have to worry about really paying players. So it, it, it you know, sports are totally different now. Um, NHL especially with the salary cap where he's Stanley Cup winning teams like the Hawks have to basically, you know, sell their team and just or well, sell pieces of their team while keeping their star players, their main attracts together, although who the hell knows what's gonna happen with Patrick Kane. Uh, the whole thing in Buffalo, that's a mess. And I hope for his sake that he did not, I hope he's not guilty of that. That's a very serious accusation. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the sad part of sports is that these guys, some of these guys are just not that smart. You know, they don't, they still, they don't do the right things. They don't, you know, they don't make the right decisions. You see it a lot with football players. Look what the 49ers roster is going to be like this year. I mean, you, you know, you don't see it a lot. But now, you know, Patrick Kane, who's made some bad, made some, made some bad decisions before. And so this is not just, uh, this isn't just one category, you know. You know, uh, Josh Havlock that we've talked about with his substance abuse problems and history. Uh, he probably could. He probably could have. He probably could have been a five hundred home run hitter, you know. And what I've seen that uh, show that he put on the Yankee Stadium, um, one of the great shows ever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess maybe two athletes. They're in the star spectrum. They should know better. They should. They should know that any decision they make. Is going to um, <clears throat> that any decision they make is going to be a risk. There's a risk you make some of these decisions, and like you know, you have, you have to you have to make better decisions. You have to be conscientious of where you are and who you hang out with. And you know, you're a star. I mean. Even if you have an alcohol problem, you have to be a little bit. You're hanging out with your... What are you doing? You're hanging out with your lawyer, and your lawyer's not being responsible, and he's letting you do stuff like that. You know, bring bring, bring a couple girls back to your place where nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good's going to come out of it, of course. And it's... It's bad. It really is. Um... There's just not. It seems like when you talk about the news, there's just not a lot of good stuff to talk about. It's just all sorts of negativity um, that goes with it, and it's just right there. It's right there in your face. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like the less we know about like uh, these people, the better off we are. And, but that's not how it is now. Not in the not in the age of uh, TMZ, and just not not the way things are. You know, everything is. Uh, Everything's just out in the open. But if you're a star or celebrity or an athlete, um, you should be uh, watching your back. You should be very cognizant. And whether it's uh, you're in a bar or whether it's uh, somewhere, you know, there could be someone with a camera or whatever videoing you or whatever. And you, you should, you should, you should, you know, be smarter than that. Uh, you know, Patrick Kane, to me, I've said it before, I think he's the going to be the greatest, he would, he can be the greatest American player, uh, American-born player. Um, that's his track. Uh, but the off-five shenanigans is just uh, not doing him any good. Uh, it's, doing a, it's doing a very bad job for his image. 
Um, and not just for him, but for other athletes and celebrities, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as people, you know, you know, you know for me, I can't afford certain things. You know, I can't afford to be, you know, at a level. I can't afford to do certain things. Yeah, I go out, you know, occasionally, but I always try to be responsible. I always try to be who I am. Yeah, I'll have fun. I'll be there. I'll make sure that I'm ready, you know, that I can get home. I'll make sure that I'm responsible. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 at one point I got bad, and uh, I was lucky one night. So, you know, I don't know how I got home, but I did. And uh, maybe that was a miracle. Maybe there is a God out there. You know, I'm not one of those... Not one of those people that prays for anything, but they were there for God was there for me that night. That's all I could say. And I made us, and I did make a smart decision eventually. When I got home, but that was a night that uh, <laughs> I've forgotten. You know, sometimes you have to learn life lessons, and but you know you, but you also have to be smart, and you do have to make good decisions. So, um, I guess that's. That would be my hard-hitting take uh, on athletes in general. Um, there is still ten minutes. I didn't say I said I wasn't gonna do a full show. You know, tomorrow or later today kicks off um, my favorite tennis Grand Slam, uh, U.S. Open, back in New York City, back in Flushing, and uh, back over in the old Flushing Meadows. Uh, over at S, um, the last year of Louis Armstrong, which is very sad. Um, I might want to try to get out to see a match at Louis Armstrong this year. I really would like to do that. Uh, I don't know what the situation is going to be, money, but I, if I can get out there and spend a day there, that would be great. Um, tennis in New York is awesome. It really is. Um, uh, obviously. The biggest story to me, and the story to me is Serena Williams. Is she going to do it? Is she going to, you know, tie Steffi Graf for the most most uh, majors, most slams in the Open Era, which would be 22? Is she going to not only tie Graf and then trail only Margaret Court, who has 24, is she going to do it? Is she going to win all four slams in the same season? Something that hasn't been done since Steffi Graf did it in 1988 when she was number one, by far the best player. It's amazing because uh, Serena Williams is 33, 34 years old, and she's just so much better than everybody else. You know, that being said, you know, it's not a guarantee. There's no such thing as a guarantee. There isn't. Like, I looked at her draw already, and they gave her a tough draw. They really did. Um, they put Belinda Benchitz in her draw. Benchitz beat her in Toronto. Benchitz is only 18 years old. She's a Swiss 18-year-old who's going to be in the top 10 and top 5 very soon. But she's a dangerous player and someone... That should have some confidence going into the hard court season. So you have, yeah, you also have some of those Proka, some of those Americans, and some of those young Americans that could be tough floaters, like the third, fourth round. I'm talking about uh, Sean Stevens, or 
she's been kind of up and down, Coco bad away. Actually, they're squaring off in a match, which is a good first-round match. But one of those two could be a potential third-round opponent. Um, you also, and you have Madison Keys, who Madison Keys, to me, is she is she's she hit the flat. She is the future of women's, of women's at least in America, America women's tennis. I mean, and she doesn't have like her drawer. She could wind up playing Agnieszka Rosłowska. Rosłowska actually could see her sister, her young, her younger sister, in a second round match. Rosłowska is not the same player, but still, Rosłowska, a Rosłowska keys you know, third round encounter could be could look be interesting. Um, and Serena could see her older sister Venus if Venus gets through that other half of the draw, a uh, half that includes a uh, check by the name of Carolina Pascola. So it's like a wide open, like the other half of the draw is very wide open, and I can't see if, you know, Venus you know, is healthy and she's feeling good. I don't see why Venus can't, can't get herself to that, to maybe that quarterfinal. You know, where her sister has to, whereas her sister would maybe have to go through a couple couple pretty good Americans probably. So um it's a hard draw. I mean Sharapova did um did uh she's not gonna be playing so she she's out of the tournament with an injury and she could have been Sarita's potential semi final opponent. Serena dominated her, but still, you know, Sharapova had a very easy draw and probably would have been, the, she would have been an easy favorite to come out of that draw. Um, now, who knows? Ivanovic faces Silva in the first round, still Technic, and Bouchard has been terrible the whole year, and she's in, she could be a potential third-round opponent if she gets there, Yankovic. That whole draw is very open. Makarova has been has been a real consistent player, um, so I think I'm gonna take Makarova, maybe, maybe to reach that or get to get out of that draw. Uh, I think she is the best hardcore player. Uh, Ivanovic has given Sarita problems on her surfaces, but uh, I mean she would now without Sharp over there. She she should if she can get through her draw, I think she does it. Kvitova, uh, she won in New Haven again. Um, she's never really had a lot of success on U.S. open soil. Um, her draw is not bad by any stretch. I mean, she certainly hits a very flat ball, um, and she has a good serve. She has Garby, Luca Rosa, Daniard, who could be one potential uh, roadblock. And uh, on the other side is Wolfniaki. Wolfniaki has been hurt most of the year, and she's not performed well in majors, but she always steps it up at the U.S. Open. So I have to think that she'll probably get to the second week. After that is anybody's guess. Um, I think Bogursa could be the breakout player again. I think maybe she comes out of that out of that bracket because I'm not sure how healthy uh, Wolfniaki is. Safarova has has a section where as a ranker in the section, as a ranker, of course, with a lower seed, so she still hasn't played a lot of matches. And Sabota Halep is the second-ranked player in the world, and 
she puffs Arena and lost in a competitive two set match a couple weeks ago. Um, this is an interesting bracket. I mean, you have some big hitters. You have Halop, of course. You have um, Lisecki, but Lisecki's just she hasn't been the same since she made that Wimbledon final, and she's never really done anything on any of her surface. But she has the big serve and the big forehand, and I, I don't I don't know what to expect from her. Um, Kerber is a nice player. She's really a player who could win, like, who could get to the second week. To me, Azarenka, if Azarenka's right, I think Azarenka could get through this section. But if she has to, you know, she's probably going to be on a collision course with uh, Safarova, and that could be a very good fourth, that could be a great fourth-round match. So, and, um, how up? I don't know. I don't know. It really depends. It really might could depend on Azarenka, because I would favor Halop. If, if, if Azarenka is there, I would favor Azarenka. If not, I would favor Halop to get out of this section. Um, I think when Puss Cross herself, Sharita should get through her section, but she's going to be pushed. I think she's going to be pushed, which means there could be a couple of very interesting close calls that go maybe couple of tie breaks or maybe three sets. You might need three sets in some of those matches or some of those matches because some of those are going to be very tricky. Um, there really aren't many players that can match up with her. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah, I think it's going to be, but they gave her a very tough bracket. It would have been all, uh, as far as the men, you know, until proven otherwise, I think Djokovic is, you know, he's the best player in the world, and he's going for three majors, three out of four. Uh, the, they gave, they do have Nadal, who's down to eight in the world in his section, um, as a potential quarterfinal. Nadal missed last year. Nadal, of course, has struggled this year. Um, of course, you know, who wouldn't want to see a rapper Djokovic showdown? First spot in the semis. That'd be great. Um, I can't really say for sure if it's going to happen. You know, one one first round match which is interesting is Tommy Haas against Bradasco. Uh, Haas, of course, the, the veteran German against Bradasco, who was a flashy lefty, who was kind of at the end. Uh, Marty Fish is at his final U.S. Open. He'll come back and uh, trying to go out for bang. Um, I hope that he. Uh, does well. Marty Fish has been a popular player. He's been a good American player. It's represented Davis Cup. Um, Felicia Lopez is a, has he's had a kind of a renaissance. He was only 18th uh, seeded, but he could be a potential roadblock for Nadal. In um, assuming Nadal gets through his first couple of rounds, um, I mean, as far as you know, Nishikori you got Nisa Corey and Chilich on the same section. you got Mofisol on the same section. Chilich has struggled this year. He's coming back from injury to Mitrov. That, that's a loaded section. Uh, on the other side, you have Ferrer. I don't think Ferrer is the same player. Uh, I, would have to, I would have to expect uh, one, of, one of our Nisa Corey or maybe, maybe uh, well, don't forget about Sanga, too. Um, somebody, somebody could break through. Maybe Mofis finally has it in him to do something. I mean... You know, I mean, none of these guys are playing great. You know, Nisha Corey is the best player in this bracket, and he could be, you know, I would think Nisha Corey is the best player, 
but he could. But if he goes up against a bigger player, he could get picked off. All right, we're going into overtime. Uh, just doing more U.S. Open stuff, and then we're going to wrap it. Uh, you can tune in if you want. Uh, tune into us next week, uh, Sunday night, late Sunday night. We're going to do another show. All right, so um, you know, just to finish up on this open. I don't. That's a great draw. I think that's a great draw. That second section. Uh, Andy Murray has to face Nick Kyrgios in the first round. Uh, that's about as difficult a draw as you could get. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, of course, is uh, from Australia. Uh, he's very talented. He's still a teenager, and he still makes very bad decisions. You know, like running his mouth about Warwanka and about the tennis player, his girlfriend. Well, you know, she banged uh, his countryman and all this other stuff, and he got fined for it. But he's 20 years old, and boy, man, he can really hit the ball. He can serve. He can he can flatten out his strokes. Uh, don't be surprised if he beats him. Huh? Don't be surprised if Gabriel's actually pulls the upset. It could happen. Um, player though, um, even though he's without Lorez Ball was on uh, Mother Leaf. Um, I mean, probably, I think it will go four sets. I think it will be very close. I think that every set will be close and competitive, you know, maybe like a score of like maybe 7-5, 6-7, 7-6, 6-4. I'm thinking something like that. Or maybe, well, and nope, well maybe 6-3, maybe Kyrgyz wears down because, you know, his, his fitness is not supposed to be that great. Um, but you know that that's they did no, they did Murray no favors there. Uh, got some other big hitters. You got Kevin Anderson in this uh, section as well. Uh, Ernest Golbus, but God, he's so he's so inconsistent. Who knows? I mean, who knows? He's always had the potential. Jack Sock, also in this uh, also in this third section. Um, you have Donald Young, who just hasn't really had you know, that one breakthrough that one U.S. Open, but he's facing Gil Sabot in the first round. Well, I mean, I think that will be a long match probably. Yeah, it probably will be a long match because, you know, Simone is a baseliner. He's a classic player, and Donald Young can hit the ball and he'll get some support. So that will probably be a long match. Waranka uh, would be the projected. Waranka uh, could see Sock in the third round. I don't think Sock's ready to quite step up in that category, but he has the big serve and got a lot of support. Certainly he can hit the ball. Um I like Warranker out of the section. I think Warranker is just a little bit better right now. I don't know. I mean, when push comes to shove. Uh, and I think this is Andy Murray's, you know, this, this is Murray's. Uh, actually, Murray's, I think Murray, you know, Murray's great at grass also. It's like grass and, and car court, you know, are two surfaces. It's always one. But he hasn't won in a few years. And uh, I think Warranker's just better. I think he's tougher in these kind of, in these kind of matches. And, I think Waranker is the biggest roadblock to Zokovic winning this uh, third open. Winning this, yeah, winning this third, you know, winning his uh, second all. He only won one open, believe it or not. Um, but, um, I, you know, he's, I think that's the biggest roadblock to him winning uh, the third slam of the year, three out of four, uh, which would be awesome. Um, you know, Federer section, you know, Roger, you know, he beat Zokovic, and that was a great win for him. To do it, beat him. But it's it's tougher. It's tougher for Roger now because it's best out of three out of five, and you know he's getting older. 
tall. I mean, he's start, you know, he's thirty four now, and he's still the second best player, you know, in in tennis. But when it comes to three out of five, I mean, I mean, he does, he he does. That's when he gets a little susceptible. I mean, you saw at Wimbledon, Djokovic, of course, is the greatest returner we've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's better than Agassi. He's better than Connors. Um, I'm saying something. But, you know, Roger you could have a tricky second-round match with Baghdadis. Who knows? Baghdadis is so weird. You just, you just don't know him. Uh, Cole Schreiber is a game player. Cole Schreiber would be a, would be a nice matchup. He could be a nice matchup with the Rock. Cole Schreiber, of course, has given, uh, has given our boy John Isner headaches. And John Isner, for once, John Isner doesn't have him in his, his bracket. So actually, he does, but Isner's on the other side of the bracket. So that will not be a third-round matchup again. So Isner doesn't have to worry about that. Paul Schreiber could be a Federer's problem. Karlovitz, of course, Karlovitz, he's still ranked up there. He's still ranked up, you know. Still hitting all sorts of aces. I mean, heck, I mean, he's, he's getting up there. But, man, he's actually had a pretty good year. Uh, he does. And he's hitting all sorts of aces. And this guy's hitting over 30 aces in, like, three sets. Um not a guy you want to see, of course. Uh, you know, not the greatest mover. You know, he, 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 of course, he will be up in net a lot. Well, by the way, that 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 Aussie, that his name is Panasi Kokonakis. Kokonakis. Uh, that's the guy that uh, that um, that's his name. Hergiel said. Hergiel said that uh, banged uh, Orenka's girlfriend, who was on the women's tour. Oh no! Uh, and he's facing Richard Gasquet in the uh, first round. Uh, and this guy is only 19. So 19-year-old Aussie, um, brat against uh, Richard Gasquet. Gasquet um, came off a good Wimbledon and uh, made the semifinals. That was a great showing for him. Uh, that was a great job by him to uh, to do that. It was a great performance by him. So uh, great job out of him. Um, I don't know what I would expect. Uh, this is also the last year of Leighton Hewitt. So this is his last U.S. Open, and then he'll finish in Australia uh, in his hometown and uh, call it a career. Uh, he faces Alexander Nenovayetsev from Kazakhstan. Um, you know, I, I like Leighton. I've always liked Leighton. You know, Leighton, of course, uh, winner of... Uh, 2001 U.S. Open, also won uh, one I think, in 2002, I want to say, where Federer started his dominant run. And he's been around forever, Layton. Uh, it's hard to believe, man. You know, if you told me that he would outlast Roddick, I would have said you were crazy. And this, this is a guy who, of course, broke down and had all sorts of injuries, but he stuck around. He has stuck around. And, you know, former number one player, um, certainly, and you know, a U.S. Open champion, a Wimbledon champion, a runner-up at, at the U.S. Open once more, and, and, and when he got blasted off the court by Federer, and a runner-up in Australia, when uh, he also got blasted off the court by Safin, the year where he also made two semifinals. I mean, you guys done it all. Um, you know, you want to talk about a guy that worked his tail off to become number one? Right in it. <clears throat> Undersized, gritty, never really had the big serve, the big bomb, but always, you know, fighting for every point. You know, it's more. You had more players, right, that did that, that hustled and had that grit and had that desire to win and just to fight. I mean, you know, 
if you put that in like some of the more talented players, I'm talking guys like like Thomas Burtis, who's never won a major, just insane. I mean, they would win easily. They would. I mean, you either have it or you don't. Uh, Lightning Hewitt is all heart, and me, I, I'm a heart guy. I mean, I like heart. You know, I like heart, man. Uh, that, that, that's something that New Yorkers identify with. Uh, you know, late, whatever happens with Leighton, uh, you know, the ironic part is that Leighton, um, he could see, um, could see Bernard Thomas, Bernard Thomas, and also an Aussie, fellow Aussie, if he wins his first round. That could be a second round match, and that could be a last match. And it wouldn't be fitting last match that U.S. Open was against another Aussie, younger Aussie that's still trying to figure it out. Uh, Bernard Thomas, uh, Still, uh, still hasn't quite figured it out. He's a guy with potential. He doesn't hit the ball like top heavy, but he can mix it up. And he's had a couple of fourth round appearances. Never really done anything at the Open, and still, still a little bit of a disappointment. But that would be interesting. That could be an interesting match uh, if that happens. Hope it does happen for apparently uh, and, and for uh, the other kid, uh, Burdett's. He's just he's weird. <clears throat> And I like him on this big service. He's just been very disappointing. He has been very disappointing. I mean, he's going to turn 30. That's hard to believe. Uh, you know, 30 by the end of this tournament. You know, the record's 42-14, and 14, so it says he's had a good year. But what's he done in slams this year? Uh, not much. Not much of anything, really. And, um, and that, it's about the slams. I mean, yeah, he had the semifinal appearance, but fourth round is fourth round. Eh. This is a guy who should have been to so many more finals and should have should have probably won a trophy race. Only had one final up, and that was Wimbledon. I mean, in 2010, we had that nice run. But I mean, you know, what, is this guy ever going to win one, you know, or is this going to become? It's going to come into one of those trivia questions, or is he a Tappan? or or maybe he is. Uh, maybe he is one of my favorite players, Corey Rudisovich. You know, a guy. You know. Hits the big serve, very entertaining. You know, hits the big ground strokes. Uh, even this just, of course, it's a better volley, a much better volleyer. But you know, a guy that's you know certainly uh, certainly done well uh, overall. You know, beat Federer in the Olympics. Um, but you know, is he ever going to win one? Uh, you know, that was the question last year. That, that was the big question last year. And then look what happened, Marin Chilich stepped up, and he won. Came out of nowhere and won his first Grand Slam. Uh, and that was a guy that had made the semifinals once, where he beat Murray and whipped him. So, and that was, uh, that was, uh, that was something uh, that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Burdett has an easy draw, really. I mean, he really does. I mean, this is not a hard draw. You know, maybe... You know, I'd like to see Isner. I'd really like to see Isner do something already. Uh, every time, every time, every, you know, I was rooted for him at Wimbledon. And just every time, you know, I pull for this guy, it just he breaks your heart, man. He really does. He breaks your heart. So, I mean, you know, maybe Isner. You know, I just figured, you know, Isner actually could be a a fourth round match against Roger. Pretty. Uh, you mentioned if, if it was actually Cole Schreiber again uh, or Karlovich. Uh, yeah, actually, you could have a Karlovich Isner like showdown. I think in in like the third round, that would be pretty. Uh, that'd be pretty intense. Yeah, boy. 
two big servers. Uh, this guy's hit the ball hard. He probably have a lot of tie breaks there. Um, so you have to think, Roger. Well, Roger isn't a match. Uh, that, uh, that would have a lot of parents you know, around Gasquet and Burditch. Yeah, or maybe Tom McFarland does something. And Dustin Brown, too, is in this quarter. Um, you know, the one thing they did, they did do for, for Novak is they gave them the easier potential semifinal, you know, which had helped. Because, you know, if you have... If one holds and if either Mario gets better or you know or it's uh or it's uh or it's maybe Federer against uh Dan, which I think will be, or probably should be. Um one of those guys is gonna be pretty worn out. Now on the other hand, I mean, what if Djokovic has to see the doll in the in, in the the left up he beat him pretty easily at the French. Nadal was not informed. But what if Nadal gets informed and is in that quarterfinal? You know, what happens there? What about Milos Ranch? Is this guy ever going to do anything? Or is he just, or is he just, I mean, yeah, he had that one apparent, he had that one deep run. But, or is he just, uh, just blasting gas? Because he's had, he hasn't had a great season either. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, I really would like to pick somebody else, you know, because it's it's very easy to pick to go with the chalk. It's very easy to go with the chalk. And if I was going to go off the radar, off the radar, I like Lisa Corey on the surface. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, he's had a good season too. He's had a good season. He's backed up what he did last year. Um, you know, I I I think his section is tough. So, uh, I don't. I think it is. I mean, you could see either Robredo or Dolgo pull up and you know, the third round potentially. Dolgov actually just had him off a good semifinal run. Fourth round could be maybe either you know it could be a song or it could be a Montes. So that's interesting. Uh, you got Chilich and the beach rock, you know, could wind up in a third round encounter. That'd be pretty some pretty heavy hitting there. And you got Ferrer. Yeah, I think I think that someone other than Ferrer is gonna come out of that other side, Jeremy Charty. You know, so I think you know, if I had to push comes to shove, um I think Chilich. Right? This is this Chilich I don't like the beach I just don't think he has any heart. Chelich to be if he is right, he can get he can get to that level. You know, you know, only, you know if you do if he does face Ferrer, you know, what about what about the conditioning would favor Ferrer? Ferrer can play in, in heat. That's that's the only thing. You don't know how what kind of game shape Marin Chelich is in. You know. So maybe from that standpoint it might be better to pick Ferrer. But this section I mean, uh, either Nisha Corey or maybe Sana. Maybe Sana finally, like, does something. Maybe Sana finally, like, has a little bit of a breakthrough. You know, that would be, you know, if I, uh, or, I would love to take Monfils, actually, to be honest. Because 
Well, if he's had the game to beat anybody, you just don't know if he has it upstairs. We saw it last year against Roger, I mean, where he had him he had him beat and then he just he bumped it. I mean Gal I'll tell you, Gal Monfils, uh, uh could see Sanga in third round. That would be a nice class. Um, Monfils, I think Monfils is better on her court than Sanga. Nisha Corey could be fourth round character for either Monfils or Sanga. Um, nobody from the Texans going to win because they're just going to beat each other up. And, 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 and even though I like Nisha Corey, I think that whoever is going to come out of Texas is going to be beat up. And then they're going to face Djokovic, who's probably just going to, who's probably just going to, you know, just win handily, unless 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 he faces Nadal. Huh? Then, it, then it, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Then maybe it opens the door. You know, maybe, maybe you know, if if it's not Novak, it's going to be Stan. I think Stan. I think Stan. Stan can win. This tournament, uh, I think Stan is playing at a great level, and um, know, has he ever beaten Federer? Though uh, Federer is the crowd favorite. Federer is very tough to beat in those night matches, and oh boy, I tell you, Stan has to go for Murray and Federer to get there. Yeah, he can do it though. He he's capable of doing it. He is capable of doing it. Fully capable of doing it. And Stan's playing the best tennis of his career. Um, how about I go with Stan? How how about we do something different? I'm gonna pick Varenka to win this tournament. All right, might not seem like a spark pick because of what he has to go through. I just think Stan's playing at a great level. He's not really being discussed. Everybody knows how good he is. Um, Stan Wawrinka. I'm, I'm going with Stan Wawrinka to win this tournament. Stan Wawrinka goes through. Andy Murray. Roger Federer. And Novak. And wins the U.S. Open. How storybook would that be? I'm going to talk about that would be a story. But that would be, that would really be storybook. That would be awesome. There you go. There, there you go. I'll go. I'll go with Stan. Everybody else is going to pick Djokovic and pick Federer. I'll pick Stan. I'll go with Stan. And if I didn't go with Stan, I'd go with Murray. So there's there's your Derek Felix, and I will take. What? Why the hell not? I'll take Galvan Feast to come out of that wild bracket and have a breakthrough. <laughs> Just, just to be a little bit different, okay? So there you go. There's some Derek Felix uh, flex uh, mixing up predictions there. Uh, upsets. Match of the day is Sobakova versus uh, Ivanovic. Uh, kind of like Brian Smith being for Ivanovic, but uh, we're not going to get into that. Um, Sobakova is a tough player. Yeah. She is tough. She made the final in the New Haven or semifinal. Um, Anna's playing well. Anna, you know, it's so weird with her. I mean, like, she, she's 
hasn't had a good year. She's ranked seventh, but 20 and 14, and hasn't really done much in the slams this year. I mean, she had the one semifinal in France where she did beat uh, Sarita. But, no, did she beat Serena? Uh, Oh, no, she didn't, of course not. That's right, she lost to her. But, but, um, she's... She's the she's one player that's cap that would be capable, but it's like, you know, what what is she at this point? Well, that, that's the question. You, know, you, you could say that she's disappointing from from that standpoint. You know that you know, she had that one French Open, and that's been it. I mean, sure. I mean, we talk about uh, she's been like tough and you know, so forth. So, yeah, if one of the was not in Serena's section, she would probably make the semifinals because I think she's that good. Uh, I think she's that impressive as a player. Um, but they did put her in that section, and uh, that's just not the right section to be in. Um, so uh, I don't like Stone Stevens. I like, love Madison Keys. Madison Keys is the one player. I think Madison. Keys could be Sarita's toughest match, <laughs> actually. Because I've seen Vatsky play against Sarita, and she's fearless. She really is fearless. Uh, uh, she's fearless. Uh, I love her. You know, Sarah, no Sharapova in the other section, which opens it up. And none of these players are playing. This could be a totally open side. Civil Cup beats have on that, which is possible. And Bouchard loses again early, um, and they could open up for like Yankovic or someone. Just Makarov is the best player in that bracket. Makarov to me would be the player, just the best player. I think she will face Serena, and if so, I mean Serena's beaten her handily before. Um, Pekovic. I'm gonna go with Muguruza. I think Muguruza is better than any of these players, including Caroline. And uh, I just think she had some more power. And, um, you know, if I felt like, I don't know what to expect from it. That's why I'll take Marga Rosa. She's going to be a top five player, top ten player very soon. So I'll I'll go that way. And the Halep, the Halep section, That's not like the best player in this section. But she has to prove she could still win, put together matches. I mean, you know, that, that's the only way she's going to get her ranking back. And she has not proven that she can do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, she ran into Serena in Wimbledon. And it's, she's the second best player in that but she's ranked twentieth. She's seated twentieth because of because of you know the whole ranking point system. Um, I'll just pick Halep. I'll pick Halep because I think I think that you know it's hard, it's going to be hard for Azarenka, especially if she has success for Olga. I'll pick Halep, which means you know if you have a Halep, Margarosa final semifinal, two makes the final. Um, I'll take uh, I'll take Halep to actually make our first slam final, and uh, I'll take 
her versus Serena, and I just can't see Serena not getting it done. The only way Serena won't get it done is she loses to, like, Madison Keys in, like, the fourth round. That's once, once Serena gets to that, once she gets deep into a tournament, she's not going to lose. Because there's, that's a little Serena to complete it, to do it, to, to tie graph and to also win the single season slam, win all four for the first time since 1988. And I'm going to take Stan or Stan, the man, to be Stan, the man, and be three of the best players, the top three, three of the best players in the world. Three of the best, the top three players in the world. Well, the other top, well, yeah. Andy, to beat Andy, so we can get some Cardinals to beat Roger Novak. Yep. That's your Derek Felix Flux picks. Um, doubles. Yeah. Doubles comes out, I think, and doubles doesn't start for a while. And you got the Bryant, of course. They're always the uh, team to beat. Um, I see that they put Leonard Pays is teaming up with Rodasco. Well, that could be a second round match. Boy, that would actually be a tough match. They have Kerry and Johnson. They face Kerry and Johnson in the first round. That's, that's not that's not, Kerry and Johnson. You know, it's the first because of the doubles. It's not bad. Um, yeah. Well, I got Pospisil and Jack Sock uh, today in America. Both those those guys are actually pretty good as a tandem. I've seen them play together. Hewitt's playing doubles, too, with Sam Groff, so a little bit of an Aussie connection. Hewitt's playing doubles, too. That's nice. Um, Fognini and Bilele, um I, I don't know too much about the Zimonjic and Makowski. I don't know enough about them uh, to say. Um, Marina Pierce. Yeah, it's, it's doubles, it's, doubles is fun, actually. Um Doubles is is very good. It's actually very fun to watch. But you know, I'm just looking. I'm just looking quickly to see who's going, who, who plays with who. Uh, I like the fact that you got like uh, sometimes you have guys mixing up. Like Mirani is always a good doubles place playing with Felicia Lopez. Well, that could be a good team. They have a 16 seed ranking, but Mirani is a great doubles specialist, and Lopez has a big serve in volleys. That could be a good doubles tandem. Uh, could do something. Um, I don't know anything about Roger and Takao. Uh, I don't know anything about Bob, pa- Bob Pana and Mercia. I, you know, I only know certain teams. You know, I, I've heard of certain players. You know, I'm, and Nestor is a great doubles player too. He's he's teaming up with Roger Vaseline. So, and it seems to be like a lot, a lot of double specialists are no longer you know together. You also have Dodig and Nowell as a tandem. They're the two seed. Um, you know, but you have a lot of guys mixed up, you know, which is why you tend to favor the Bryants, just for the fact that they 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 stay together. But you know, they they could have some tough matches uh, coming up. Actually, you know, I mentioned Modano Pays is always a tough tough player. I don't know how he'll team with Nadasco. Uh That's just you know, there's a little bit of doubles. Uh, Hingis is the number one doubles player in the world with Mirza, and they're a great tandem, and they just dominate. They seem to dominate just every tournament that they play in. Um, Mirza never really projected. You know, she never was great at singles, you know, but she, she as a doubles player, uh, 
Oh, she's terrific. Um, they won Wimbledon together. So, and they are the first ranked team. Um, interestingly enough, Melanie Udon, who did not make the women's bracket, you know, qualifying. She's she's also a doubles partner with Jessica Pagula. Jessica Pagula, by the way, is the daughter of uh, the Buffalo owner. Yes, she is related to the Pagulas. And she's playing, and she does play tennis. And she's actually uh, playing at the U.S. Open. I think that's very cool. Um, I'll have to tell Brian about that. Uh, I'll probably be psyched up about that. You know, Jessica Bagula playing doubles. Uh, so a little bit of a Buffalo connection. Uh, they're milling, teaming up with Melanie and Ben, the uh, one-time quarterfinalist. Uh, uh, that was a great run for her. It's, just, it's, it's too bad, you know. It's really too bad that, you know, she didn't make it, you know, in terms of, you know, not in terms of, you know, making slams and, you know, it's just, that's such a shame. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sport, though. It's very hard to make it. But she had that one run, and it was awesome to watch. Um, else is playing doubles here on the women's side? Krejcic and Strakova. Margaret Russo, who I really like, and she's playing with Carl Swarovski Navarro. That could be a good team. That could be a good tandem right there. Uh, Margaret Rosa, um, 21 year old, uh, Spanish, very nice looking. Uh, excellent to watch. Um, Christina Mladenovic, uh She's had a little more success in singles this year than in recent times. Um, 22. Uh, she's actually Show a little bit of better results in the singles, but doubles performer, uh, certainly. And um, her and her partner, Timia Babos, are ranked third. So a little bit of a Hungarian and French connection there. So Sobokova plays doubles. She's playing doubles with a Slovak. Uh, Rodberakova, Tibbs, the girl gives a talent an American tandem, unranked. Um, Sarah Arani and Flavor Padet have been playing together doubles forever. Uh, of course, the little their Italian connection. They, they kind of have all well. Both of them have done well in singles too, certainly over the years. So they're both uh, they're both very polished and both you know good players certainly um, to to look at. Um, and they usually do well in the doubles. So they're there because they play together. So they have you know, they boost Jimmy. Jimmy's playing boost. Jimmy Bouchard is actually playing some doubles with. Uh, Elena, this Lena, another guy I've heard of, uh, another gal that I've heard of. I think it's good that Jeannie's playing some doubles. Um, she needs to do something. She's had a miserable year. Yeah, it's it's really you know she had a great 2014 runner up at Wimbledon semifinal, fourth round semifinal, and she had the quarterfinal in Australia, and that's been it. And it's just been she had a terrible losing streak, but. You know, I think it's good she's playing some doubles. You know, that actually could be good for her. You know, um, there was an American tandem, Raquel Cops-Jones and Abigail Spears. They're they're both six seeds. They're playing some doubles together. Uh, I see another person, another player that, that actually has my birthday, uh, Raquel Cops-Jones, September 8, 1982. Uh, it seems like there are a lot of athletes that that, play, that actually have my share of my birthday. I mean, it's really interesting. Uh See, Josh Donaldson's going to win MVP. He's going to win MVP. She has my birthday. Uh, one the same year as uh, JPG. So, interesting to look at. Vernon uh, Wells, a uh, former major leaguer, who had a, a solid career. He should have had a better career, to be honest. 
he was disappointing at the end of his career. Let's be honest about it. Um, you know, no doubt he could have been much better. Um, but that said, um, Mike Messina, of course, I shared a birthday with Tim Bateser. One of my, well, of course, one of us he still looks really good for her age. I mean, boy, what is she like? Is she fifty? Is she sixty yet? Fifty-eight, fifty-nine? I mean, but who could forget her in the natural? Uh, the evil, the evil uh, niece of Pop, uh, Caroline, Caroline Garcia, French woman, carrying off certain products. Roderick was a, was a, was good for a couple of years in singles. Then she's placed doubles too. Nice. So yeah, you know, I, I like I like the fact that you know I think they should have more players, you know, more more players that play doubles. You know, I think those doubles, you know, it allows you to it allows these players to you know volley more and play at the net. Um, Casey Delacqua and Yaroslava Shvedova, they're, they're a good tandem, actually. So they, Lavachka and Lucy Horazka, also a good tandem. Lovchenko, Allison Risk are a USA tandem that are playing together. Um, Toko Vandalay is teaming with Alalena Grunfeld. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Kuznetsova, a former Grand Slam winner, and those are a former Grand Slam winner, are a tandem. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a couple of former... Uh, Former uh, U, former U.S. Open winners there, you know, who are not going to probably go far in the singles anymore. You know, they, but they've had their moments certainly. Uh, former champions and they're definitely teaming up in doubles. That's interesting. Uh, Karen Tencheva and Parakova. Parakova has, has, has had a couple of good results. A couple of upsets over Venus Williams and singles. Dewey Gorgeous, who really is gorgeous. God. Um, Georges. I think it's Georges actually because she's German. Um, I mean, if you see her, you know what I'm talking about. But she's also playing doubles. Uh, she's had some mixed results this year in singles, so that's the way I would put it. Uh, um, but she's, she's a better... She's she's a little bit better in doubles than she is in the singles. Uh, she did have a couple of four-round showings this year, though, in singles but the slams, which is you know, very good, and that was included an upset win over Caroline Wolfniacki, who has not been good in, in the uh, in the uh, slams this year. Uh, Madison Keys is teaming up with Lisa Raymond. Wow, he got a got a Madison Keys, a young kid who's playing playing with Lisa Raymond, a veteran in the American tandem. Uh, Bethany Maddox Sands, uh, there's a name right there. She's also playing singles, uh, veteran, but she's a great doubles player, and she's teaming up with Lucy Saffron. That's a very strong tandem right there. They are the second seeds. Yeah, looking at their bracket, uh, boy, I'd like to see them face Matt. Oh, them against Matt Keys and Raymond would be probably a good match. Um, they, they're a very strong team, actually. I, I know that. Um, you know, just I just I just know. Well, and Sakharova has, has gotten better and better at singles too. You know, Sands uh, Sands is a champion in doubles. I mean. They will, she won two already this year. Did, did, she, did they? Yeah, they bought the team together, her and Safarova, because I think they've been together for a while. And yeah, yeah. I mean, they have. They won in Australia. They won in. They won in Paris. Uh, they went to the quarterfinals in Wimbledon. And you know, Safarova has been a great year. Let's be honest, it's been a great year. Um, she was also runner-up uh, in, in France. In France, losing to Serena in singles. She wins the doubles. Uh, she. Uh, Gets to the fourth round at Wimbledon, which was a good showing. She also made semifinals the year prior. Um, 
she's had an excellent. She's been. She's had a, a couple. Of, her run the last couple of years has been very good. Uh, that's why she's all the way up to six in the world. Um, she has the big serve too. The Czech does, and and she hit the ball. She hit the ball well. I mean, so I mean, it's not it's not out of question. She can make a run, you know, in her bracket. I mean, if she could make a run, she could. I just happen to think Azarenka, Azarenka could maybe pick her off. So Azarenka has that capability. So you know, just just something to uh, to look at there. Um, I'm actually glad I looked at the doubles. You know, I don't usually do that before a tournament, but you know, it's nice. It's actually nice to look at you know what, who else is playing in these uh, sections. Um, full schedule tomorrow. You know, for Monday, uh, try to catch what I can. Um, got some early matches. You know, Sivakova and Vadovic. That's the first match, man. I mean, it's uh, first match is going to be in first round, and uh, there's our first match. Djokovic does play on day one um, in Ash against the Brazilian Joel Sousa. All right, that is his first real match. Uh, I don't really know too much about this guy. Uh, not very good though. That's what I would say uh, based on what I see here. Um, now, while you want the night session, now this is something. This is a night session right here. Serena, the first, you know, she goes for a quest here, taking on Vitalia Dyachenko. Russian, all right. So there you go, a little bit of Russian, a little Russian-American uh, face-off. Uh, that's Serena, that is the first match. And then you got Rafael Nadal. Nadal, proud favorite going against the Croat, Borna Koric. Uh, Koric is a teenager from Croatia, all right. So only, uh, not even 19 yet, it turns 19 in November, all right. But 22 and 22 this year, so obviously he's got a little bit of gain. So... And this is only his second U.S. Open appearance, and uh, it's only in his second his second year on tour. So, so you know, I got an up and riser, up and comer, Korich against Rafael Nadal. That's a good night session right there. Two two uh, quality, two two proud favorites. Serena, of course, going for record. Nadal trying to come back. Other matches: uh, Misha Corey and Armstrong. It's been you know, put on a pair. Marin Chilis in his first round match against Guido Pella, our time. And here's an interesting match. Uh, Coco Vandaway in that All-America match against Sloan Stevens, which I think is a good match right there. Uh, um, Gal Thies, uh, which will be later in the day, and you probably know, will probably be a 4 5 center because it's Gal Thies against Ilya Marchenko, a Ukraine. Guy from the Ukraine. There you go. And, even though the guy has no success, you know, Montes, Montes will make it interesting because that's, that's how he is. So these are some of the matches to look at. Marty Fish is going to be on early in the grandstand, uh, taking on Marco Cecinato uh, in his final uh, final open and final slam, and best of luck to him. Um, other highlights here, David Ferrer in action in the grandstand against Radu Albat. Madison Keys against Clara Kukalova. Uh, Madison Keys. Oh, boy, uh, I'd like to see her go on a little bit of a run. Um, Ronich is plays against Tim Smyshek, the American. Bouchard and Jeannie Bouchard on in mid-afternoon early against the Allison Risk, American. Polchanini, a tricky player, an Italian, against Steve Johnson, American. Um, we have uh, David Goffin against Simone Bolelli. Uh, 
Bellelli is an interesting player. Uh, so, hmm, you know, maybe maybe that's a, maybe that's a potential upset there. Uh, um, Robredo, Jankovic also playing on day one. Uh, Rob Lanska is playing. Uh, Wilfred Sanga against uh, the veteran Ben Yarkolivinen, Turkey lefty. Um, See what else we've got here. Madison Bringle, American. She's in action against uh, Salsa Zhang. Ursula Wawranska against uh, a Polish uh, player, another Polish player, Magda Lynette. Erzy Janowitz, uh, a big hitter against Pablo Carreno Fusta. Dolgopov, Dolgopolov against Sam Groff. Actually, will be out of the match. Let's see. Verdasco and Haas are playing on day one. That, that, that's a good match right there. Uh, ben Sitz against Cecil Karen Kancheva, who's the best thing she's known for is uh, getting suspended for using a banned drug, and she said that she was pregnant, and that was probably BS, and she's never really had much of a career since. Uh, you know, at one time, you know, it looked like she had some had a bright future, and that was, what, a decade ago. It looked like she had a bright future, and then she makes the quarterfinals, clay or whatever, pulls a big upset, and then disappears for four years. Disappears for four years and gets suspended. And so that that's that's career. And she's six and nine for the year, and fifty one and sixty nine. And she is at a hundred and six in the world. She's trying to get back back into the top hundred. But you know, I mean, she had some promise as, as a teenager, and she's still only twenty six. But you know, it's so tough to get it all back. And she's probably she played a lot of, of course, satellite. She's she hasn't made a lot of slam appearances. Uh, Back in the slams this year, this is her third straight slam that she's made. But who knows? I mean, it's just, she 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 had potential, but uh, you know she made a mistake and she's paid the price certainly, and she has to face benches. So uh, that's that's not a good match for her. Uh, she's probably gonna get whipped. Um, pretty much previewed this whole tournament. A lot of that's a lot of that's uh, the French woman against that's the former U.S. Olympic champ. Um, uh, there are so many matches because it's the first day. Pentacola is still playing singles. Uh, she she should be playing doubles. Is she playing doubles this year, or is she just playing singles? I mean, she usually does play doubles. Uh, yeah, she probably is playing doubles because she's she's you know she had that one chance. She made that one quarterfinal at the Open. She had that one chance in Australia a few years ago in the singles and. So we fought all parents and blew that match. Um, another player that, you know, when she first came up, looked like she had the makings of a future champion or a future star. But, you know, never really, just doesn't have, I mean, she hit people flat, certainly, but she doesn't, she doesn't have she doesn't have the legs at all. She has the best legs on the tour, but, you know, she just can't, she doesn't move, you know, very fluently, and she's 5'11". She's, she's kind of she could be a model. She's leggy, you know. She's very good looking, but she just doesn't move enough. Her serve is actually not bad. Always had a good serve, but you know, not not enough speed for her to, to have the success that you know people thought she would have. I mean, but certainly you know, a very likable player, a player that you like to see do well in tournament. Um, but, you know, how many more years is she going to play? Yeah, that's a question. You know, I mean, she could probably stick around and play doubles for a few more years, but, you know, you know, will she stick around and play more years of singles? Yeah. I mean, it's 
and it's getting to that point. You know, she's 31, 32 years old now, so it does get to that point. And, uh, yeah, uh, Ricardo's Barrancas is an interesting player. Um, Barrancas. Lithuanian, that's right, he's Lithuanian. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be, he was, people thought he was going to be good. He hasn't really done much. You know, hasn't done much. Mm-hmm. He really hasn't. Which he's taken on a Portugal guy from Portugal, Joe Sousa. So that's his. That's who he's facing. So not, not, but, uh, a lot, a lot of tennis though, and uh, there will be a lot of tennis to follow. And it's a great sport. You know, you know maybe not to you know other people, but you want to talk about. Tough competition. You want to talk about, you know, having to have it mentally, you know, especially if it's singles individually. You know, if it doubles, you gotta, you know, you gotta work together as a team. But, but you know, it's a mental challenge, and uh, for a lot of these, a lot of these players, and some players, you know, they have it. They're tough enough. Um, and other players, you know, just not, uh, not so. Uh, yeah, not so uh, easy. You know, you really have to have it you know, mentally uh, to to play the thing. The thing about the open that's great about it is just you know it. You have the night session, you have the crowd, and and it's unlike anything. You know, Australia has it too. You know, and I've watched, and they have great. But it was the U.S. Open, amazing. Little bit the best tournament. It's the most historic. You know, U.S. Open, uh, certainly uh, right there. Uh, and uh, hard to believe, you know, final Grand Slam of the year. It starts safe this year, uh, August, September uh, the uh, 4th, 13th, actually. I think it's the 13th, actually. Yeah, they're going to have the men's final on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least that's the way I think they have it set up. They actually are not setting up to have a final on a Monday, if they have done lately. So, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to see. All right, I can't. I can't wait. It's 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 very exciting. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have Super Saturday anymore. You have the women's semifinals on Thursday evening, uh, the men's semifinals, uh, and the mixed doubles final on, on the Friday on 9-11. Um, Saturday, the 23rd, is the women's final, and then the men's doubles final. Those are your two events. And then Sunday, the 24th, Sunday, at least the last event, supposedly September 13th, they have the weather, men's final, and women's doubles final. Those are your events. And, uh, you know, I'll let you go if, uh, with the tennis, something that does not get enough coverage here. And it's, yeah, I mean, and it's getting attention for the wrong thing. You know, Sarita Williams and McEnroe saying, you know, he wants to play her or whatever. And, like, he's 56 and he says he can beat her. No. Not John, uh, he, and John's a good player. John could still play. But I don't think he beats Sarita. I really don't. <laughs> not the way Sarita serves, not the way she hits. I mean, she could beat players on the men's. I think she could beat players on the men's side, but then again, 
she doesn't have to play three out of five. Soft. And there used to be a tournament where you have to play three out of five. The Jinka Slims, the overdoing slows on the she with three out of five. You know, a classic tournament where players were playing three out of five. Uh, and that's too bad that's still not around. But um, I did a lot of tennis. Uh, it deserves it deserves some coverage actually. It deserves quite a bit of coverage, you know. You know, because and especially when you have Serena going for something real special here, right? With this opportunity and uh, something that you want to follow, something you want you want to see, you want to see her do well. So um, that's that's where we're at. All right, um, that's gonna do it. Uh, I'm only gonna wrap this show up. Uh, now only an hour later, but whatever. Uh, I'll pay for it in later on this morning. But uh, all right. Um, thanks for anybody that actually tuned in. And uh, that's it. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.